and welcome to episode 411 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. The square peg in the round hole of the world, Tony Esmond. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And this year, this year? (laughs) I'm going to do that again. I'm not that old. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Sorry. And it's completely unfair that we all have to follow Dan on the hello because this hello is so good. Yeah, I know. We're, it's gold. We're resigned to just like, yeah, hello. There's nothing we can do. Right. Yeah, we, know, I need, like we, we need to clean the windows. Oh, God, I'm not. God, even if he was my window cleaner, I'd worry, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Me? It's, I'm as honest yeah, as a day's what, long. It's what's he saying? Already, no, be more like what you're looking at through the window. It's oh, already Dan, off Dan's the rails. Me. I'm not going to bother editing all of this. My mistake and all because that voice you hear is our third guest. Third guest. Fourth host. That's the, yeah. We this do. Is well here. I'm, I'm, I've had a very long day. Uh, <laughs> but thank, stroke, first hot th- day of the thank, year, Thank God. I don't go out in the sun, I've not with this complexion. I've two minutes. I forgot my name I already. <laughs> I haven't even got to introducing Kieran Squires, so shut up. Oh, Yay! oh yeah, we're joined by uh, artist and friend of the show, Kieran Squires, this week. Yeah. Hello, Hello, Kieran. Rock Hello. Voice wrestler. Was that, was that as good as Dan? Hello. Can never be, I'm afraid. Can I just say congratulations to Tony on hitting the goal on uh, the dead space? Yeah, yeah. Hey, just, there you go. Just at the right moment as well, before I met the boys this morning for a bite to eat, hit, hit our total. Thank you, mate. How, how did you Thanks ce- everyone. How did you celebrate? Went for a bit of Mexican for lunch. Nice. Classic. Went to Gosh, spent too much money. Went to Mexican, yeah, dirty yeah. basement, went for Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vegetarian <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. Is that available as an option? I don't know. We'll see. Welcome mm. to the show, everyone. It's going mm. to be another another fun and probably interesting discussion this Ooh, week. Oh, we've got an interesting segment later as well. Yes, we, we have all kinds of things lined up this week. And Kieran's with us for the whole show because um, he's a friend of the show. And we know it's just going to be nothing but entertaining. He's yes. already, he's already yeah. given me uh, shit already in the, within the first five minutes. <laughs> so, he, so he's clearly already uh, one listen, of the gang. I've done more work for this than I did for my A-levels, so you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. That sounds like a true comic fan. Um, or yes. a scouser. Yeah. <laughs> While you're all distracted, the wheels on your cars are disappearing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> In and out of each other's houses with each yeah. other's properties. It's friendly. Like, it's friendly. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, this week, we're going to have another uh, topic of discussion, which is something that I think every single comic book reader or enthusiast has had some experience in and that is licensed comics Mm. now we've talked about things like movies and adaptions in the past we've had a show about that we're not talking about straight up adaptions we went we're talking about the things that continue the story and uh is it worth it we'll we'll find out later there's going to be um there's some interesting questions topics of debate and like tony threatened in the probably probably when we get to the reviews there's going to be a dramatic reading that you (laughs) <laughs> want to stick around for we're prepared for it <laughs> can, any, can for anyone minutes. can anyone prepare truly prepare themselves for this Tony yeah. no not at home they get get naked gather themselves in butter and sit by the radiator that's oh. all you need to do speaking of great things to do with your time you should check out our sponsor <laughs> Comic House you just threw yourself into that one didn't you quick <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do with everything in my life just rush headlong in get it over with without a script um yes check out our sponsors comic house friends of the show 
doing great work for the world of indie comics because they love indie comics as much as we do. And uh, and you as well, if you're listening to this show. Yeah. Can I give a shout out to uh, Fractures, Volume 1, by our, our previous guest? I, I Go on, yes. but after, after you've done that. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Um, he's overexcited. I've got shout-outs ready if you want shout-outs. Uh, yeah. Not yet. That comes later. Oh, he's overexcited because he's, he's friends on the Stay show. Stay awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone's so excited this week. That's... <laughs> Which is, I already know the listeners are like, this has already gone completely off the rails. It's going to be one of the best shows ever. That's that's the way it works. <laughs> and you can always tell by the quality of the sponsorship ad, which is awful. Yeah. But the sponsors themselves that's are amazing. That's why they pay us the big bucks. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the sponsor is amazing. If you go to comichouse.com, you can see there's a huge selection of indie titles on the database. If you self-publish, you can list your work on there as well. It's another avenue to get your work out into the world. Mm. And also they have an app, a brilliant app, subscription service, only £3 a month, like Netflix for comics, basically. Only, unlike Netflix, there's, it's just full of amazing comics to read that um, isn't all reality TV and an absolute shite. Uh, <laughs> And there's amazing stuff being added to all the time, such as Dan. What was what was that book you were talking about? Oh yeah, what uh, did you Fractures, say? Fractures, Volume One or Issue One uh, from Colossus Press. Uh, previous guest of the show, uh, Wolfgang Crow. He uh, so we spent the entirety of the episode discussing the book and creating your own uh, autobio comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fantastic episode. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. And if you've listened to the show or read the comic, check the other one out. Vice versa. Yeah. It's it's well worth reading. Yeah. All jokes aside, there's you know that that comic is a is a must see. As well as uh, I think, especially like... if you're the sort of person who's going to do an autobio comic, yeah, mm. and you think, oh, I can just be a meme out talking about nonsense. This geezer yeah. digs deep. Yeah, yeah, bears his soul in his comic, which I think is yeah. is often an important thing to do. I'm yeah. Gonna make a uh, comic about my pizza consumption habits. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I thought you. I thought you were talking about you were going to do that, Dan. No. You... I don't know if you noticed, but in the dystopian list of comics I gave last week, I did throw in very randomly, and you didn't notice a uh, autobio comic that's about eating pizzas. Ah, oh, shame. Well, that is yeah. kind of dystopian. The, the reading of that comic. to me it is. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's why it flew under the radar for me. <laughs> God. But whatever our topic is, every week there's bound to be something on Comic House that you'll find because there's so many different types of comics from all kinds of creators from all over the world. So to find out more and start a 14-day free trial, go to comichouse.com. Did you notice what's in the um, most read section on there the other day? Did you know? Have you been no, on there no, this no. week? I've not this been week, on there this week. Like the, the anthology that we did, what, five years ago? It's in the top yes. ten. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. There you go. They're so getting some new people on there. Those, I guess. those days, crazy days, weren't they? Do you remember, yeah. Do you remember the tour bus? Remember, guys. You remember, guys. Oh my god, the drugs, the 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 drink. We put Guns and Roses to shame, didn't we? Eh? Is that one? Dad, Dan did his advert for Levi's jeans. Twenty points loving a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you pretty much calling Dan the Liefeld of the Awesome Coins podcast? Is well, that what you're no, doing? I, I because if so, that shot's fired. Covers. <laughs> if we were going to be members of the uh... oh my god are we playing this game if so I am all about it girlfriend I'm all about it if we were the original image all right. oh yeah, but... fuck I'm Valentino no but I? no short, we no, because no, we... I am so, man, I made Shadowhawk um, no it can't, it can't <laughs> be anything like I, I, think... I put Tony as uh, <laughs> Eric Larson <laughs> You think so? I speak my mind. The only, the only fair way to do this, the only fair way to do this, 
is to put loads of pressure on our guest. And Kieran, oh, you've come got on. you. Yeah. No, you <laughs> look, you don't walk into the Thunderdome and expect not to fight Master Blaster. That's all I've got to say. He's so, done loads I, of research. It's probably been the guy who's in the back of all of the photos that no one knows who it is, and they, just brought, <laughs> they brought him on because they needed an inker. <laughs> okay, so if you were gonna the ACP cast a movie with us, yeah, which which one of the image sort of founders? Would you say is us? <laughs> I love this. Beers <laughs> insulting if you like. It's got if, well, I mean, if, if I was going on for what books were actually released, I'd probably be most akin to McFarlane, just because that was my kind. Who, of who is you? Then. Yeah, no, I'm not that good, obviously, but uh, you know, that's who I'd align okay. with. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, who would Dan be? To- Share to me. It's got to be Rob Layfield. Don't even don't even <laughs> answer. They're very similar. No, I often sometimes I get them confused. Wonder who I'm speaking to. Am I'm I texting Dan or is it Rob? Yeah. Fair enough. No, no comment. And this, Dan's, uh, my, Dan's <laughs> married <laughs> to twins, isn't he? Aren't Was you that? married to twins, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <missed one. laughs> Sadly not. Oh, okay. Sadly not. He's what about Tony? Been, what about, yeah. Okay, do me. Huh? <laughs> He's gone quiet. He's gone quiet now. Um, shall we go Silvestri? Oh, because okay. I've got marvellous hair. No, because yeah. you should come out with some weird stuff sometimes. <laughs> well, about? Valentino does that. Valentino was <laughs> sort of an underground Valentino artist before, that. before yeah. he was a sort of shadow. He was mostly underground stuff, wasn't he? And he is I the older of the group. It's a bit too obvious to go for Valentino. I think so. Yeah, yeah. No, because, you know, but Sylvester Since, really, the stuff he brings out is totally amazing, but it's always dark and a bit moody. He's in Sylvester's missus. Fucking hell, man. I would I would say, for Tony, I'd say Eric Larson. There's just because that art of not giving a fuck. That's it. <laughs> I'll go, oh, these are all, I love all these anyway. I'm going to get Liefeld, I'm fine. Yeah. What, about, what about Vince, Kieran? Who's <laughs> left? It's either Jim Lee or, or Will Potashio, isn't it? Um, Jim Lee because he's kind of a governor now Vince is the boss of the podcast <laughs> he's works. the boss of DC now isn't he <laughs> uh, but also with, with Wilch as well as he stays quiet all the time and when something comes out it's absolutely spectacular okay. think about Jim Lee Vince oh, is quite tall Jim Lee you can fit in your pocket can't you that's the problem that's true a pocket sized Jim Lee and he makes backpacks he doesn't make backpacks <laughs> he seems he to get back- a bit of grief doesn't he old Jim Lee for like his stewardship of DC I quite like him I actually don't, I, yeah I'm not a big fan. I'm not a massive fan of his art. I'll be honest with you, but I do. I do quite like him. I find him very sort of positive and friendly. And I know, you know. like there are some that don't like it, but I think a lot of people got into comics through Jim Lee's. I'm sure, man. Yeah, 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 it's just yeah, a personal yeah, taste yeah, for me. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's all yeah because I, I he's one of the ones that I'm always a fan of his art. If that makes sense, you know, even if I'm not reading the books, it's always like, oh, it's nice to see some new Jim Lee work. Mm. Yeah, you know, but yeah. Anyway, he, one, it, of, one of the negatives he did spawn lots of copycat creators, some of which have gone on to fucking become amazing in their own right. But, but saying saying that, Dan, do you know what I mean? With that, you could say that about a lot of creators, couldn't you? True. Do you know what I mean? I would say uh, G- Jim Lee's. Oh, about Neil Adams. Yeah, he, he did. Jim Lee did create a lot of wannabes. He, he did that, personally create them. He did, but that was because they were going for that. Image in house style, weren't they? Where everyone yeah. had to do something, but the only positive really came with that is that all those guys got paid and they got paid well. Yeah. Whereas I, the guys doing the in house style at Marvel and DC don't get anything really. I, 
did look at that darker image the other day where the the HRS does like two or three pages and like yeah you're right the the house style is very similar but there's a a real sort of lacking in some of the the pages yeah but uh is it was it image united do you remember that from god about 10 years ago never finished did they did they have two two issues out or something oh they didn't finish it that's surprising yeah Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, 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 let's get stuck in. They, away. they they got licensed to to work on. They got commissioned to work on some licensed characters, didn't they? At some point, they certainly interesting. Yeah, yeah they certainly have. Yeah. There's licenses going all over they, they, the place. Yeah, but you know, Jim Lee and uh, Rob Liefeld got a big licensing deal, didn't they? What with Marvel? Yep. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, was out, a, that was a raven success. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jim Lee's take on Captain America was like a refreshing breath of fresh air, like <laughs> menthol fresh air of like, like a, such a massive open goal that they yeah. completely fucking failed to yeah. get the ball in. Yeah, uh, just uh, hard to think how you could fuck that up more than. But he <laughs> yeah. did it. So yeah, they managed it. Yeah, good on them. So they and went back it, completely on their morals about never going back to Marvel and then fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, they were getting a fair bit of money, so yeah, that's fine then. Exactly. People can get money. I, I could have an OnlyFans account. I'd get money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. But what do you do with that free quid? Yeah, listen, <laughs> I can't even get a bench shop pen. You can't even get a meal deal these days for three quid. I know. World's gone mad. How much is a meal deal these days? Three fifty. If you've got a club card. If you've got a club card. Wait, where are we talking? Are we talking boots or are we talking like Sainsbury's or something? Kieran, like I don't shop in those sort of places, yeah. my friend. Tesco. Do you know what I mean? Where'd you go? Who to goes to Tesco? Someone did say to me that I wouldn't be seen people. dead in the Tesco. I was like, <laughs> yeah. fucking hell, that's pretty strong. <laughs> you know, if, where do you go for your meal deals then, Tony? This is high quality comic content, but I'm, I don't Harrods. care. I'm, I'm in it. Only go to Harrods. Oh, of course yeah. you do. Harrods. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of sandwiches do you get in Harrods? Nice ones. Oh, I bet it's yeah. like hummus shaped like a fucking Big teddy, teddy bear. You, you get hummus <laughs> or you get taramasalata lata. Falafel on a sandwich. Falafel, yeah. You get oh. falafel sandwiches. You never had a falafel sandwich. They're nice. Oh. Is, it, is it not falafel? What? Is it not falafel? Are you, are you into fitness? No. <laughs> Putting these balls in your mouth. Just a clarification. Clarification. Tony did down with that question. Absolutely, just, I'm like a kipper. Just, just <laughs> <the show's> <laughs> Took me out. Oh god! Dan, Dan but, went, he, he reversed out the camera view, didn't he? Because he was yeah, embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. What was I invited onto this show for? Uh, <laughs> oh, so we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We started oh, yeah. going onto yeah. it, and then we. we comic house. That was wildlife. it. Comic house. Comic house. No, that was ages ago. Kieran, come on. Get oh, in the sorry, game. sorry. Get in the game. I'm lost. <laughs> Licensed characters. We're talking licensed characters, aren't we? We are yeah. indeed. Did you just did you just quote High School Musical? Hey, no, that, what is that? Is that is that a comic? Stick it your head in the game, Vince. Uh, I, ne- I, tell you, I can't even get that joke. What, never yeah, neither it. do I. So you've just called yourself out. I've got kids. I've got, <laughs> got kids. kids. The kids yeah. watch them. Yeah, yeah, I tell you yeah. what, that's weak source. Right? There's a lot of parents <laughs> out there blaming their kids. I, like, I'm sorry to all you kids out there listening. To be honest, that's bad parenting because you shouldn't be yeah. listening to this sort of filth. <laughs> to be fair, my son's watching like the YouTube creators, and I feel like I- I'm a relatively peaceful person. But I thought if I wish death what? on anyone, there's a couple of those YouTube creators. <laughs> fucking hell, they're so fucking annoying. What do, what do they do? On, what do they do on YouTube? They 
play stupid like Minecraft games and just do it's utter banality. It's just uh, for, for ages. Well, compared to us. Yeah, speaking yeah. of utter banality, yeah. let's get yeah. on with yeah. the show. Um, okay. <laughs> almost we're not topic there. Almost, uh, well, yeah, almost. We pulled it back. Thanks, Dan. Thank, thank God, after four hundred plus episodes, we're still professional. Do you know what I mean? I've got loads of notes on this. Well, oh, Michelle. Yeah. Four pages I've go. got. Let's what? go. Let's really? Go. Anyway, so we're talking about licensed comics. As I, as I said before, everything went off the rails. Um, these are the comics, for instance, after the film is finished, when your favourite mm. t- TV show has ended. Or sometimes they, these comics come out during the run of the TV show. Um, they, they have always been popular in comics, I think. Ever since um, there's not well, as soon as there's an opportunity to I make money, I found the earliest one. Interesting, you should say that, Vincenzo, from 1914. It's called Tramp, and it was based on Charlie, the Charlie Chaplin wow. character. Wow, oh, there we go. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, and these can be an interesting um, way of continuing the stories. Um, mm. Whether there's any value to to that, or whether there's any continuity or anything like that, is it's going to be a topic that we'll discuss. But I'm going to kick it off with the main big question and i say this as being someone who's not a huge fan of these sort of um tie-in books licensed books um what is the real value of these sort of comics who would like to go uh, <laughs> well i think if you're looking to pick up a license of like an established film or tv show mm. you've essentially got a built-in audience in some yeah. respects yeah well, you should if have. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah if it's a beloved series or film and people want to carry on with the story i mean being younger i can remember seeing films and tv stuff so like, man i just want more of that more 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 and mm. if a comic had come out on that like the ghostbusters or whatever i was fucking transformers it's all over it yeah uh, it's a bit different nowadays I think back then we they had a reputation for being quite not as good as normal comics sometimes, didn't they? The quality, yes. the, there's, a, there's a, not it doesn't apply to everyone, and certainly doesn't apply now. But the the reputation back in the day was that they weren't going to be as good as a lot of other comics because they were kind of they're almost like rushed out a bit. Sometimes. Do you think yeah, that's really because good. they're seen more as a lot of comics are? You start off with this story or this concept, and it's moved into the comic stage. This is almost product from stage one because you already have what it is, and you're trying to capitalize on what is already happening also you can't really explore it too much without so you know without a lot of these comics you have to go back to the owner of the ip and stuff don't Mm. you and you can't when you take it on it's not really your baby is it you can't really explore it perhaps as much even with someone like spider-man who just existed in comics for that time and people weren't really fussed about anything else going on but if you if you were given i don't know the fucking i don't know the brady bunch comic you know you couldn't have ma and pa brady divorcing in the middle of it could you you know yeah, it's basically like return to the status quo at the end of every yeah. Yeah. issue or storyline. And you, there's there's loads of evidence of comics that just went off on one. Um, and a lot. Of, this is especially applicable to Star, Star Trek comics that were coming out while the movies were being made. A lot of them would just go off on one, and then the new Star Trek movie would come out, and they're like, oh, well, that fucks up all that storyline we just did. Mm. Now we've got to fucking start again. Do you know, it's almost it's a bit like that. Yeah. So a lot of them did that, I think. I think um, the main, I mean, obviously the main factor in it is cash. You're yeah. not getting a license deal unless you're going to make cash. And then I think it depends on what the product is, is, is how flexible they can be. So when you bring up Star Trek there, back in, in the 70s when they would have done the, the initial ones, there would have been no leeway, I would have thought. But now what? because there's so many series in and so many different films in, that the creators have got flexibility to do Yeah, it's, it's an interesting universe. one, that, man. 
I think I think there's a lot of things at play there because if you look at the really early comics, Star Trek comics that were coming out in America and over here, they were being created often by people who hadn't really seen the series. Yeah. So yeah. we and we, we we've talked about it before that original page of art that was it from TV comic or something that where which had the Starship Enterprise landing on a planet. Yeah. Of course, now yeah. everyone would be up in arms, and because it was just seen as comics, although they were probably selling a fucking lot of titles, you know, a lot of issues compared to these days. The, the studios weren't overly fussed, yeah. but now coupling with the internet and the sort of overbearing <clears throat> attitude of a lot of these studios, it has to be right. There was a big article on um, a Star Trek comic recently, wasn't there, about how they like introduced the Defiant before the Defiant had really been in the series yeah. and people mm. looked wrong and stuff like that. And I think that's the sort of thing now that the internet internet people pick out now. Yeah, totally. You know? I mean, if you speak yeah. to anyone in the production, I mean, as always with this, we're just this is a discussion where we're not necessarily completely informed in the production of these things. No. But um, certainly if you were to talk um, to artists or writers, I'm sure they'd be like, there are people, you know, it's when you're doing this sort of things, you're not just doing it and sending it out. It normally has to go through someone for checks. You have to go through compliance. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's interesting to see what they would say is good and you know do that and some bits that they completely ignore do you know what I mean you know it's... I mean, it depends it depends on who you're dealing with so we hear stories don't we about how some companies are like bang on it you know they're all mm. over everything you do every likeness everything like that and sometimes we hear well they do look at it but they pretty much leave us alone let's get on with what we wanted to say yeah. you know i think it depends we obviously hear that the star wars franchise is quite overbearing in relation to their dealings mm. with it. Yeah. some of the other stuff yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you said licensed comics, I kind of went to comics that came from elsewhere, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I was sort of coming up with some weird ones because if you look at licensed comics, the sort of early licenses that come into comics are stuff like Disney comics from the cartoons. Right. There was yeah. a, a yeah. famous comic based on the Seven Dwarves and the Adventures mm. of the Seven Dwarves Beyond the Snow White and stuff. Well, wasn't the, the but, Scro- Scrooge had a massive series for a long time, wasn't it? Scrooge yeah, it's still going now, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still going. Yeah, especially and massive in Europe as well, Italy. They're, they're fucking nuts for those comics. Mm. But the, one of the ones I came up with, and it just occurred to me, and I completely forgotten that it comes from something else. Is um, my favorite comic of all time, Shang Chi. But Shang Chi comes from the Sax Roma Fu Manchu novels, right? Okay, um, which is still a license hell. Which is one of the reasons why the new Shang Chi series doesn't. Shang Chi was never in the books, um, and the, the subsequent movies. So because he's, he's, a, he's a Marvel creation. He is a Marvel creation, but within the universe of Fu Manchu. So right. Fu Manchu doesn't now appear in it, as do a number of the other characters, because they are licensed to the company that owns the Sax Roma estate. Right. Okay. But the but you can put Shang-Chi in a comic because he's not a licensed character that they had. He's yes. been a creation of Marvel. <laughs> but that's also the reason that... Do you remember there was that drama we talked about last year where all of the... Because they eventually got the license, didn't they, to reproduce... Um, all because it was one of those sort of lost licenses that Marvel yes. had, we hear yeah. about other stuff, and they eventually got the license back and they put those um hard omnibus hardbacks out, which are the, they're about 120 quid each. I bought them all, and um, the and also the epic collections they put out. But now, because either someone forgot or they, it wasn't worth renewing or whatever they wanted to do, or they didn't like the politics that was contained within those earlier books because there's been talk about them being racist, the they've now disappeared, so you can't now get them again. But Shang-Chi has will still appear in the Marvel Universe. I know his series is currently ended, but he still is available to appear on his own, but not with his father or his sister or his ex-MI6 boss or anything like that. So is uh, that... I presume the copyright on that must be kind of well under 
way with the old Fu Manchu. You know, how, when was that? I can't remember the time period for when Sank is created and it, it goes out of copyright. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's been extended and I think it's different between different countries. Some countries don't even have copyright laws, which is yeah. why you get Turkish Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really shady, the laws, aren't they? Because you can, the, the, the copyrights can run out, but doesn't mean you can start reproducing anything you want. You can do stuff yeah. with it as long as it doesn't look like what came before kind of thing. Yeah, and so I imagine also, with Marvel with Chang Chi, they just as long as it, they talk about Chang Chi and don't talk about anything else. Yeah, don't talk about any of the creators yeah. that yeah. Roma created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's actually a real shame because it's sort of fundamentally yeah. changed the character because there, there's a real history. The, the whole sort of father son thing was a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, um, back then, but they can't now use him, which is a shame. I um, kind but, of like the film kind of fucked that up for me. Like you yeah. kind of had that little that dynamic a little bit, but. It was really well. Let's not go on about the Shang-Chi was, film. Oh, mate, I want to kill myself. If we do, but <laughs> the but that's the, when I was looking at the history of licensed comics. A lot of the early comics came from the pulps. Hmm. So you know, Tarzan comics. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Carter. Um, the, the I know the Shadow. Um, Doc Savage. Flash. Uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them. I think Blue Beetle was originally a radio play, but then became a pulp. And the other one that we've we've mentioned once before we did it in a quiz was Karzar. So Karzar from Marvel ah. was a pulp character. I think it was one or really? two that. novels. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, assume Conan out. falls in there as well. Well, Matt, Conan is a mess of IP and, you know. Yeah. I think Tarzan, Tarzan's in there with Conan because mm. it's just covered in so many different publishers. It's yeah. just not really What's cool. the shadow? Yeah, was the shadow originally a uh, radio play that was, I think, was, it, uh, was that? Al will be shouting his radio, but I think yeah, it was yeah. originally a pulp. Then a radio play. Got you. Yeah. And then and then a movie or a serial, I think, after that. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting history to that. And the, the Tarzan thing's a mess. Currently a dynamite. Yeah. Um, but the Conan well, is even well, a big mess. Dynamite what, are classics for just snapping up like a lot. They got to be the daddy of it, and they? Yeah. They got yeah. to be the daddy of licensed comics. But the thing is with Conan is he they tried to integrate him into the Marvel Universe. I don't know who's fucking bright idea would do that. So he appeared so in the Avengers stupid. and a number right, of That was around this, well, the th- point when I just stopped buying a, Marvel. <laughs> there's still a Roy Thomas Tarzan being created as well at the same time. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of Conan, but yeah, Tarzan, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, That's yeah, fucking the- nuts. I, I don't know who ever thought it was a good idea to put Conan in the Avengers. In the Avengers, and he's in that that road of whatever it is. Because he's going to get it, when he get pulled out. It's like just going to rip everything out with it. And yeah. they've had to take the Savage Avengers. I don't think. I think someone told me it's not been ever been on the app. But Savage Avengers was a series where he was a character in it. So there's an Avengers title that will never be on the app until they get the license back for Conan, and then they might add it again. How did they yeah. even weave him into the universe? It's yeah, just, just woke up. Woke up in one day. Uh, fell, fell through a multiverse portal. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. Um, but block but, of block of ice. But for instance, like you know, Dark Horse are a publisher that has been a, a classic for you know certainly with yeah. the, the Conan books. Obviously, the Star Wars legacy was with them for yeah. years. Terminator, Aliens, Aliens. Yeah, Predator, yeah, yeah. They're they're the, they're quite they're the big daddies for a lot of like eighties movies. Ones certainly aren't they? I mean, I know. Mm. Um, you know, I've got a Starship Troopers trade on on my shelf that was yeah. I think came out from. Okay, Dark, yeah, Dark yeah, Wars. makes sense because I think yeah. Avatar happened for. Here's a question for you. This is a question I posed you. I was thinking about it earlier. Name a big American company that that hasn't done a licensed product. Ooh. Well, name an American comic company that hasn't done a licensed book. Valiant. Uh, no, Valiant did one, didn't they? What did they do? I've got a note of it. I think. 
because of Valiant Entertainment. I think um, Turok. Isn't Turok a licensed character? I'll tell you what. Originally. It could be same with Magnus Robot Fighter. Yeah. That was a, yeah. That was a pulp character. Yeah. What about... Try another one. Come on. Oh, God. Um, Malibu. Sorry, mate? Malibu. Um, no, Malibu did... Oh, that's a good one, actually. I didn't think of Malibu. I can't think of a title. But, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, how long were Malibu yeah. around to before it all fell yeah. apart, though? That's, that's the problem with Malibu. Have have we need, to, we need to have a Malibu episode, don't we? DC. DC done a lot. DC did they like Star lot. Trek. They had stuff like Atari Force as yeah, well. You know? What about uh, Clips? I'm sure they did. Yeah. Clips. They did Steed and Mrs. Peel. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell. Come okay. on. Yeah, there you go. My God. Yeah. I can't can think of one. Ah, yeah. that's funny. Was it called Steed and Mrs. Peel? Yes. So they weren't allowed to put Avengers on the cover. Well, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, but yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I oh, know they did. Uh, Malibu did Men in Black. Or was uh, that originally okay. a comic? That was originally a comic. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one then. Maybe that one. Um, okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. But you're saying a lot of companies are basically. Dip their toe into the the, the licensing. I oh, know they did. Um, pardon me, Malibu did um, owned adventure adventure comics. Did Alien Nation, right? Okay, okay. It's part of the same company. Um, the the only so you've got Marvel. Marvel did have done a lot. So they did um, Chang Chi and Kazo, which you mentioned a minute ago. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The the two sort of lost leads, aren't they? On on licensed comics are Rom. He was a yeah. toy originally, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Micronauts, which were toys originally yeah. as well. Oh, okay, um, Shogun Warriors. Dogan Warriors, which were toys. G.I. Joe, obviously. Toys. Yeah. Um, they did Transformers. Transformers, yeah. And Planet of the Apes. Um, Dark Horse done Star We've done Dark Horse. Tops, did, Tops Comics did Jurassic Park and Green Hornet. And X-Files. Um, okay, yeah. and X-Files. Oni did Jay and Silent Bob and Rick and Morty. Um, IDW, I think they're another sort of big daddy of it. Yeah, aren't yeah, they? yeah. Um, Airwolf, believe it or not. Buffy G.I. Joe. Yeah, Angry Birds. Jeez, video yeah. game. Dawn of the Dead. They did a Napoleon Dynamite comic, continuation of that story. <laughs> um, boom. Um, they did a Warhammer comic, Planet the Apes, Big Trouble in Little China, Escape from New York comics. Wow. Yeah. Um, Gold Key and, um, and Dell are two big ones. So they, they made their bones on um, IP stories and continuing. So they did Gold Key uh, back in the day, did 77 Sunset Strip. They did an Adams Family comic, Dark Shadows. Scooby Doo comics, Secret Agent, which was based on the um, the prisoner character, Danger Man okay. character, my favourite Martian, Men from Uncle Star Trek. Dale did fucking loads. Ben Casey, do you remember that old American TV no, series? No, 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 don't remember that one. Bewitched, yeah. Uh, Top Cat, The Three Stooges, The Monkeys, Mission Impossible, Lone Ranger, I Dream a Genie. Um, and but I'd like you say, Vince, I think the, the current daddy is probably Dynamite. So you can yeah. look at some of the stuff they put out. Elvira, got a new new series of Elvira yeah. that starts this week, or is out out for order this week. Robocop, Xena, The Shadow. They did a Bond comic. I'm not sure Bond's ever worked in comics for me. No, no I know this what you mean. Are, we can circle back to this topic, but there's certain things that I don't find can translate well into comics because of what they have on screen can't be replicated yeah. in comics. Are there, have mm. there been? Oh, there's bound to have been, but like I say, I haven't followed many Bond comics. Are there Bonds that are just straight up adaptions of the books? Because it feels like they were. There's got to be in there. I know in, in, the, in the way that Parker, you know, Darwin Cook's Parker is a good adaption. You know, I can see possibly yeah. like that a Bond working like that. But in terms of like fresh new stories that people can take on in another direction, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a, it is a. 
I think it, it always it always depends on the execution, doesn't it? But I don't. For me, they've never found the right. I, like, I did like the the girl. I think Galacy did some as yeah. well, didn't he? I think the problem with a, a a figure like Bond is Bond is a changeling in terms of like there's so many different versions of him. Everyone mm. in their head has their what their Bond looks like. So there isn't a. This is what Optimus Prime looks like. This is what he's got to look like in the comic. Yeah. Bond is a very amorphous person, isn't he? Really, it changes. You think? Do you think we're going that way with superheroes now? People have seen all the Superman movies. People have seen all the Batman movies, all the Spider-Man movies, and they will have someone in their head before going to comics. I think so. maybe yeah. gone that yeah. way, isn't it? Like, who's going to be the new Batman? It's almost like who's going to be the new Bond now, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I mean, what... there's lots of speculation on who's going to be the next Batman, and yeah. Well, do you know what is widely considered the worst um, licensed comic ever? Go on, NFL Super Pro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Didn't well, we that's have... almost, that's infamous that one. Didn't we pick yeah. that in a um, worst comic? I think um, we did. You know, London I think Super that was in one of our. Back I think it was. Yeah, I definitely yeah. didn't win that one. <laughs> I think that's one where the Glenn Danzig comic that didn't win. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of comics that come from other places, um, that really like belong to it's not essentially an IP, but Thor. Yeah. Oh, Thor's okay, a fucking fair religious yeah. character. Yeah. If you want to yeah. go deep enough into it, and, and, and certainly yeah, yeah so, certainly people have done that a lot, haven't they? They've taken those um those folklores or those religions or mm-hmm. you know, and it was the same as Zeus. Hercules. How many yeah. Hercules have we had? Yeah. I mean, you can just take. I, a... Someone said that to me when I did the Hercules comic. He says, "I didn't know the license was available for Hercules." I said, "What a mythological character from fucking yeah. ancient Greece." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember Rob Liefeld did like. Let's go back to Rob Liefeld. Did one of like Thor, and he's got a hammer. It's like you know the hammer's not in the Thor mythos. Like Marvel, <laughs> Marvel made that up. It's mm. so. Why, why have you given him a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting you're copying by any length yeah. of breath of the imagination yeah. of Liefeld, but in terms of um those comics that have been done right though, the ones that um have taken like these licenses and they've told stories that have expanded on they've got it right, they've got the balance right, because like you say, there's only so far they can go in terms of before the balance has to be reset, the status quo, as you said, Dan, has to be reset. But you, mm. if you're skilled enough, you can still add layer and depth to the roster of characters. The, you Some know. of them have been... I mean, the Buffy series continued. They called yeah. it season eight, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. move. Yeah. yeah. And that's been... That's that's one of the huge, the current hugely popular ones, really, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I think there's a question about sometimes when it's good enough or sometimes when it's done in a certain way, a company will accept it as canon. So yeah. if you look at... Um, it, it, it's a complicated road to find this theory, but... Um, Doctor Who, they consider um, Big Finish to be canon with their stories. Okay. Therefore, Frobisher, who's a penguin who turns up in the Doctor Who comics, is therefore canon. Right, okay. So actually some of the Doctor Who comics has become canon. And when you look at the cross the cross pollination, the the story that um Pat and John Wagner and Dave Gibbons did for the weekly is now appearing as a new episode in the next season. Oh, okay. I so saw continue. that, and I was like, "What is this?" So that's what that came from. Yeah. So that so uh, it considered to be like an extension of the universe into the comics has now sort of gone full circle again, and is actually becoming nice. an episode of the series, nice which is nice. Yeah. I yeah. think a, a good stand-up one is uh, GI Joe. 
and that works yeah. really well for me. That's one of the high points, isn't it? That's yeah. I think that's because when Larry Hammer was given the the license, it was like okay, it was just basically I, like blank slates. Yeah, it was it's given, like okay, and... what can I do with this? And of course, yeah, yeah. absolutely smash it. And when I think yeah, Joe and and He Man, I think those things that come from toys. I think it's like in a different category because, like you said, there was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing yeah. there. Like Rom, yeah. Rom's just this yeah. crappy figure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, Joe Larry Hammer created everything from scratch, so there was there was no real adaptation to make it worthwhile. Mm. All you all you had, I mean, yes, I know there was the cartoon, but it's the usual good good fights, evil. I know because I I watch them a lot on YouTube. Sometimes they're just on twenty four hour loop, and it's fucking amazing. But uh, <laughs> but, but um, it is just good versus bad. Goodies beat the baddies in the end. It wasn't until like the movie came out that the the state like, like things mi- were mixed up. So your weekly is always you know where you are. But with the all you had in terms of what the characters were from a from a sort of a, as a kid who bought who had action figures and stuff was the the fact file on the back of this packet. Which yeah, when you read that that opened the world of G.I.J. All of a sudden you're like, God, this guy wakes up and goes for a 24-mile run at 5, five <laughs> o'clock in the morning. This is amazing. You're talking it's about am- Beachhead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know exactly <laughs> what, what I'm talking about, man. Amazing. Um, I think it wasn't 24, though, was it? It was something like five-mile run at 5, five a.m. So like, ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Larry Hammer sort of took that. It was almost like he took that and just leveled it up completely everyone had like motivations and stories it's interesting because say you're working on an ip like that was based on the toy line you got your comic rolling along and then suddenly the the toy line's like look we got these new craft coming these new vehicles we've got 10 new characters and we want them in the comic and then you're like fuck me i had plans but now i've got to kind of yeah it's it's driving the sounds of the toys yeah yeah Yeah. but he he did it like pretty much no problem yeah see that for me that meets the middle ground where you, you you make a comic about um fucking star trek there's you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of tv to watch about a fucking million books you gotta really mm. all know it all otherwise yeah. you're gonna get your ass kicked by the fans you've got stuff like gi joe which does have a certain amount of information that you have to be yeah. aware of but you can yeah. fucking spin off stories from that yeah but the the thing is something like micronauts which have you ever seen the micronauts toys no yeah. never they may yeah. as well they may as well be made with fucking pipe cleaners mate they're fucking shit you know and <laughs> yeah. the the marvel creators had to like spin a whole <laughs> fucking space opera out of it so mm. they basically just went off yeah. yeah they just did what they liked i know. think it's, it's a, the kind of a professionalism of the writers that you just kind of like right this is my job yeah. and i'm yeah. going to make the best of it and like you said at any point this the rug could get pulled from under you and you just got to fucking suck it up as a job and that's what yeah. you're getting paid yeah. for yeah there's a um the, the you do your research yeah the, the yeah. toy galaxy um youtube series it's they, fantastic they, they did yeah. one about micronauts that that definitely goes on about how like yeah. the toys were nothing, and th- th- these comic book creators created the world that everyone. Have you ever seen the the video of um, the toy shop going around Jonathan Ross's studio with all no, these toys? I need toys? to watch that. I need no. to watch that. Actually. Yeah, it's great. But he's he's got like every variant of the Micronauts. He's got the Japanese, you know, this sort of thing. And they they are basically the, the most basic faceless things. Yeah, but they they honestly turned it into something that's got the depth of you know the star wars you know type yeah that's re- yeah, research for a later time isn't it that video on, yeah, on very netflix, much so, yeah on netflix you've got that the series the <laughs> toys that made us and yes there's, yeah. there's a gi joe episode on there that's really interesting and the he-man one i think the he-man one is more detailed on how they built that universe and it, it's mm. quite funny that it's just literally all by accident and that they created the figures 
and then realized they had no story. So they thought, well, we'll mark it a, a comic, we'll put a comic book in the back of the, the figure. So, the kids uh, know right. what it is. Yeah, so yeah. they take it to the board and the board are like, well, these, these are aimed at like five and six year olds who can't read. And literally in the board meeting, the guy who's head of the toy commentator goes, oh, yeah, we're going to do a cartoon as well. And like they, they, <laughs> they didn't have anything planned. So then they had to go and do a cartoon. Which is uh, where right. it sort of they've, all exploded. They've collected they've, those comics recently, haven't they? You can buy them now. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. In, the, got... in the books as well, I actually could, because I didn't know this, I always wondered why why when He-Man and Skeletor both had a sword, one side was like really decent and the other side was just a flat piece of plastic. And I never knew why until I watched that. I realised that both of those swords put them together, you use it as the key for Castle Grayskull. Oh, right, I didn't know okay. that. I, did I thought it was just it. the mould. I thought it was of... just crap making. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There is a, a book that came out, and I've stuck it on like a read list. That how like those cartoons and comics of that age are basically all about commercialism and sold, yeah. selling product, well, uh, trying to fashion, sell comics to people. And yeah, mad, yeah. you know, yeah. fashion like morality market, of yeah. kids at the time. Because I would say those those the morality and the stuff of those comic books and cartoons at the time was was quite wholesome and upstanding. Mm. It was all about doing well, that the right was because thing they and... had they had like Mary Whitehouse and all that on top of them, didn't they? Which is why. At the end of like He Man and that, you'd have the two minute segments of He Man going, "Don't run across the road, kids," yeah. kind of thing. But the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the degeneracy they, they could have gone after, and they went for that kind of the low hanging fruit, just to sort of say they were ticked a box. We're doing something about it. it. Was like pretty pathetic, but there we go. Yeah. Right, there so, are licensed comics that don't fucking bother getting the license though. So that that does go on quite a lot as well. Um, well, they just nobody, make a comic. Nobody mentioning Jay McDonald. But the <laughs> rock, often quoted as some of the worst comics ever made is rock and roll comics. Um, oh, Christ. Where they just basically get the band and then they they do a story where they're on a time-travelling adventure or something yeah. like that. Have you ever any of them? Uh, um, I must have done. Must I have done. But I remember you talking about them on an episode. Oh, man. There's a Stormy Daniels comic series. They just don't oh, care. Wow. Yeah, the dude, yeah, the dude got murdered um, who ran the company and there's a sort of big conspiracy theory. There's a, There's a sort of theory that it's um, a band who sort of their fans didn't like the comics they got together and murdered him. That's pretty fucking hardcore. Yeah. I think it's the Backstreet Boys. I think they actually had to go and speak to the Backstreet Boys and figure out where they were at the time of the murder or something because they yeah. were in the middle of some sort of really vicious legal court case thing. I know there was um, they did do like some bio comics, didn't they? I guess. Yeah, I don't think many of them authorized. And but their thing no. like Stormy I think something like Stormy Daniel's Space Force where you know she's just got fucking Space Force I think. I can't They've imagine got, uh, fucking like Trump's Titans comic. I reviewed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reagan's Raiders was one. Reagan's yeah, Raiders, yeah. Ago. Yeah, yeah, That's kind of like yeah. a homage pastiche to that comic. Trump's right. Ah, uh, okay. I yeah, think Reagan's Raiders are quite... Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favourite well, comics is is a comic... I was telling you about you guys about it on the WhatsApp one. It's a, it's a comic called Warp, which kind of a first comics in the 80s. And that is... There was basically a real hippy-dippy, you know, let's all, you know, free love... Let's all dance okay. and sing in, in like um, shiny costumes on the st- off Broadway that lasted. I think it lasted a week. And um, I think the guy who plays the dad in Home Alone, he's he's one of the people in the play. Wow. Okay. Um, sort of famously. Oh, right. And it's his fucking famously terrible movie. They made like a fairly long running first comic series about it with a couple of spinoffs. Like one of the wow. characters called Lord Cumulus because he's in charge of the clouds and all this sort of thing. You know, it's like a fucking bit, bit daft, but the comic's actually quite good. <laughs> Because if someone but, pitched that comic, you're like, "What the? What? Why would you do that?" But obviously, yeah, yeah. that's good. It works we, right. We all picked for a comic each, didn't we? To talk yeah. about, should we? Should we go around and and do a bit okay. of that and how we got on with it? Yeah. Should we start off first, as, 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 as guest first? Yeah. Guest first. 
So, Kieran, what, first. we we said we're going to pick a comic uh, and then an IP comic and kind of take a look at it and how it related to what it's come from. So, what did you go for, Kieran? Well, the, the first one, one of the suggestions that got thrown off was Batman eighty nine, and I jumped straight on it because it was kind of connected to not where I first started collecting comics, but it was where it was sort of ignited my interest in American mm. style comics. Yeah. which is like obviously around uh, 89-ish when the film came out. And I think um, uh, Death and the Family graphic novel had just been released as well. Okay. So um, We've spoken about the actual comic adaption of that film, which is fucking like, for me, well, the gold standard. Well, that of... was the first error that I made when reading this book because I went back and read the movie adaptation. Because right. I read it a million times mm. back then as well. And I just thought, I'll go over it again. And you're right, Dan, it's just unbelievably spectacular yeah there's not a, there's not a line out of place it's jerry Ordway on art mm. right everybody looks like everybody including moxie from off with the same pet <laughs> they all look like the, who they're supposed to look like in every panel and i mean it's written it's, well written by denny o'neill but it's quite clearly edited by denny o'neill and controlled by denny o'neill and he keeps everything in line with the way the film is it's panel for panel the film it's mm. absolutely spectacular the nice. second mistake I made was not checking up on the book before going into it because um, it's called Batman 89. So when you say Batman 89, I don't know about you guys, but I immediately think Batman 89, Michael Keaton. Yes, the direct. Uh, I, I presume are you going to talk about the likenesses of the... the... No, no, no. It's that. Okay. It's, it's not really Batman 89. It's Batman 92 because it doesn't follow Batman 89. It follows right. Batman Returns. Right, okay. So there's two movies before this. Um. And it's it sort of kind of that's where the trouble came for me is that I was lost to the first few things about what was going on because it went straight into following Harvey Dent in the story. I'm not going to go into too much of the story. It's basically about Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face and yeah. whatever tensions are in, in in Gotham at that time. Um, but the discussion is really is whether the licensing holds up and whether it's it's what we want to see. And for me, it just, it just didn't work. And nah. I couldn't figure out why until I went researching more about the book itself rather than just the story. Now, it's written by a guy called Sam Ham. And Sam Ham wrote the story and the screenplay for the first film and he wrote the screenplay for the second film. You can draw a line under that, and I think that's what DC have done. If they've marketed it as 89, because nostalgia, and obviously mm. because Keaton's reprising the role in The Flash. Um, right. And they've got Sam Ham on board who wrote the original film. Now, everybody who doesn't think too much about it will go, oh, yeah, that's going to be amazing. But a screenwriter for a film, when you get the credit for a screenwriter in a film, it doesn't mean you've written the film. It just means you had a good wedge to do with the film. Yeah. And you've negotiated a deal to get your name on it because there's many instances when the final script you use wasn't it's written by the guy who's on the film. Yeah. It's completely different. And he himself even say, states that there's bits in the first film that he didn't have anything to do. So I watched the, there was an interview with him online about it. And then um, like the, when Vicky Vale comes in, when Alfred brings Vicky Vale into the back cave, if you think about it, it's absolutely ridiculous that he just brings in yeah. the back cave. Yeah. <laughs> and he himself says, that was not my idea. Now he also reveals that at the time there was a writer's strike around there. And when the writer's strike was on, basically his role in the film kind of ended. And then it would have been like any normal film where, they were rewriting the script on a daily basis on set to match things. So I think the issue here is not good. They brought the writer in and sold the book with the original writer. When actually mm. it's not the writer, it's what everybody classes that film as Tim yeah. Burton's Batman. Mm. And if Tim Burton's not there directing what this is supposed to look like, 
then it's not going to look like what it's supposed to look like. And I think that's where this film falls down. It doesn't look like Tim Burton's no. Batman. This could be any Batman story in any comic. Because he's got like white eyes as well in that comic, which well, is like it, it is so that jarring. Some kind of technology on it, but they don't really explain that that's what no. it is. It's just looking at the image, you're like, what's going on with the eyes? And the, I mean, the artist is absolutely amazing. And apparently, he, the artist himself was the guy who pitched this in 2015 and he got knocked back. Now, obviously, DC have seen that oh, there's money to be made because Keaton's coming back. So they pushed it through. And I get the feeling the artist was rushed through doing everything. Right. Because there's only two likenesses in the book that really hold up. Um, one is Billy D. Williams, and the other one is the guy who plays Alfred. He's spot on. The guy okay. who plays Alfred is like a cartoonish kind of figure anyway, mm. when you actually see the real actor. So that one's easy. Now, the Billy D. Williams one is quite good. But like Michael Keaton just gets reduced to eyebrows. Yeah. If you didn't know the eyebrows, you know, you mean you know it's Batman, you know it's Bruce Wayne because that's what they're saying all the way through. But it doesn't really look like him. I think um, I've read the first two issues, and I think what really put me off is it didn't feel like this was set in eighteen. It felt like modern day politics being pushed into a, a kind of like a, a fun retro comic. Do you know what I mean? They were talking about like <clears throat> stuff politics of the day today, like that that yes. were currently in like. The, the zeitgeist and they were talking about it in like batman 89 it's like this the, the films were never like this like what what is this doing in it well that was, that, that's kind of where i was going as well because they're they're doing that in this universe but then visually it's not the universe there's mm. no art deco going on anywhere in the book yeah there's no there's no noir that, that's yeah. the concept is noir the whole thing is yeah. supposed to be dark and there's it's like the guys never inked the page and when i was looking at his work when he does his amazing work, it's painted, and he's right. painted it. And I think because he does that, he's done the line work, expecting the colorist to pick it up. But what they've done is just put a normal comic book colorist on, and yeah. it's, far, it's far too bright and colorful, and doesn't give that noir feel of the Tim Burton Batman feel. And that coupled with the the storyline, which doesn't really fit into the universe, um, yeah. And I also heard as well that there was some kind of production troubles as well. So the last three issues were kind of rushed. They weren't, they didn't come out in time. So it was forced through. Okay, so, I mean, fair enough. It's just, for me, if you were going to do a licensing book, I mean, this is really weird because it's it's not really a licensed book because it's from the company that has the character. Yeah. They license it out to make a film and then they're bringing it back in and doing the same license. And I just wondered if that's why there's not as much control in it because it's already our character. So we don't have to, you know, we can trust the people who are doing it. It's mm. a weird one actually, because I really like the Superman one they did. Yeah. I've heard uh, good things about that's that. That's the um, general consensus is that the Superman one's really, really good. And this one's not so good. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that they did not take into account, which they should have taken into account is that Batman 89 has already been done. And it was one of the biggest licensing deals ever was, and it's created an, an absolutely amazing array of material, both cartoons and comics, and characters brought into film and, and comic books. And that was Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, right. Good, okay. Good shout. It's already yeah. Batman '89, and it's uh, keeps all that feel of Tim Burton. It used the music in the cartoon. You know, you're not you're not going to beat it. Yeah, mm. that's a cool. fair point. Yeah, that's a fair point. Good one, man. That brings up a lot I'm, of questions, isn't it? That one. Yeah. Mm. Who's next? Who's next? Show, I uh, can go if you want. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I went for Clive Barker's Nightbreed because uh, I've yeah. always been a real big fan of that film since I saw it when I was uh, 
a lot so younger. So that one isn't a sequel, it's a prequel, isn't it? I'm right in thinking. Yeah, I read it a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, the Boom Studios one, it kind of, I think the first six or seven, -ish, maybe eight issues are like prequels. Each comic like deals with the kind of origin story of two of the characters. And then after a certain point, it flicks to like almost what the end of the films ended and then what happens afterwards. Uh, it's interesting because on the credits on this, it's got story Clive Barker, but then writer Mark Andro Andrico. Yeah. So uh, did I'm wondering how much input Clive Barker had on it. Did he, did he say here's a rough outline or I'm guessing he must have an idea of the origins of these characters. Yeah. You know, I would imagine it was at least sent the script that just said, "Yeah, that's fine." Because, uh, like, if one of the good things about the film is like, there's a real mystery of where all these characters have come from and, and why they're here. These kind of weird and wonderful uh, inhabitants of Midian. And this, it kind of like tells them a very kind of like just the American comic booky kind of everything's quite light and airy and just like doesn't feel like. Is it Pete Kowalski's or not? No one. Yes. He's good, you know. He did that monster book I talked about, the spider book I talked about a couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. I think it's just the colouring. The colouring's kind of quite right. Just light. I wanted this to be a lot darker and kind of okay. The, the film bit, is kind of. I remember it being quite soap opery, so you got all the characters playing off against each other quite a lot in that one. Yeah, I mean, like there's as like in the film, it's quite quite bloody. There's a lot of kind of sexual content. Uh, it's like some of the characters, like oh yeah, I can see that. That's that's decent, and then other ones, it's like man, that seems a bit perfunctory. I was. To be fair, the the film's even by my own admission uh, is not that great, but I, I I like it regardless. But yeah. uh, maybe I went in with kind of too high hopes, and it's weird because I've seen one version of it, and I was going to track down another, and I saw it was on YouTube. Some uh, swine had uploaded yeah. the uh, Blu-ray version, and it was a cut I'd never seen before, and there was stuff. Yeah, in I've it got that. The, I've got the German DVD of that, which I've right. The, yeah, yeah. Because in the end of the one I've seen, like. The, there's a priest who gets his face kind of like the, the holy water splashed and he becomes like a bit fucked up yeah. and he gets that Decker character and he puts his hand in the water and sticks it in his wound and Decker comes back to life. Yeah. But in this one, uh, the cut I saw on YouTube, the Blu-ray version, that's not in it at all, that scene. And that uh, right. priest comes up against the, the, the sheriff, you know, the, the sons of the free guy and he's like all being yeah. burnt up and he kills him and sort of goes off on his mission to hunt the nightbreed on his own. So that's quite a... So I'm, I'm, a, a I'm a sort of low-level fan of Clive Barker. I've read some of his books and seen the movies. And if mm. you like books like Weave World and the Books of Blood are actually big, thick books, aren't they? But yeah. the, I remember going and seeing um, Nightbreed when it came out of the pictures, and then buying the book. And the book's actually a really quick read. It's quite a short book. It's pretty much yeah. one for one. What's in the book is in the film. It's yeah. really, really. Yeah. I think I blasted through that and like the Hellbound Heart so quickly or yeah. Hellraiser, and they're they're pretty much spot on to what's in the film. It's almost like that could have been a novelization of the film. Yeah, maybe. The other way around. Yeah. But yeah. it's, yeah, uh, the comics are all right. I kind of like no great shakes. I think there was a, an earlier series that ran. Yeah, not that, as good. Much more sort of, yeah, not not as, I didn't really enjoy the first series. This one, I, no, actually, I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more because everything is more defined and you can tell who everyone is. Tell Yeah, tell yeah. who the characters are. It's, yeah. uh, uh, there's that one character, Lude, who kind of like this kind of looks like a black, kind of he's like absolutely pitch black like night skin with horns and uh he's just like oh, they're like young teenagers just having like threesomes out in the open it's just like okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quite open there's uh like so there's a lot of kind of 
drama, interpersonal relationships between characters. And I only got to the first issue of where it kicks to the present day and like Aaron Boone, who's Cabal, uh, goes off right. to kind of find a new home for the Nightbreed and it, it kind of goes from there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, was, I think I was front loaded. I wanted so much more from the series that it was it, it was never going to be what I wanted it to be. So I, I like Andreco's writing. He did that Manhunter series, which I thought was well written. Oh, nice one. Very much sort of in the. I'm, I'm going to put him in a sort of uh, Bendis kind of vibe. I think I he's think, got that sort of you know ho- it, slightly Hollywood writing. Yes, I get you. Mean yeah, mm. it's very much kind of like yeah, solid, but just yeah. Yeah, I get you. The covers I remember being good as well. The covers are both yeah. nice on this one, sort of iconic kind of the, the covers are really nice. Yeah. Uh, did he cite on this? No. Uh, I'll cut up Riley Rossomo. Riley really Rossomo, nice. yeah, yeah. I like yeah. his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. They're really good. If yeah. that the whole book was drawn like that, I'd be like, mate, this is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, not to do the, the other chap down, but the covers, yeah, lovely stuff. Nice. Oh, that's me. Uh, Tony, do you want to go next? Yeah, so mine's a very quick one. Uh, mine's the Ginger Dead Man, um, <laughs> action, action Lab Danger Zone, uh, aka Full Moon Studios presents Full Moon Studios um, for mature readers. I just read the first issue as I had it in a pile of Full Moon comics because I'm a fan. Um, written by Brockton McKinney, oh, by Sergio Rios, colours by Marcello Costa. Yeah, you're not going to get if you if you've seen any of the films. Have you seen the Ginger Dead films at all? Dead no, Man no, no. I've, I've seen. The Gary Busey master and yeah, so it's basically if Gary Busey's a serial killer who who somehow gets reincarnated yeah, as a gingerbread man uh, and becomes a ginger dead man, and I think at the end of most of the films he's kind of killed. Um, there's a ginger dead man versus evil bong film. You know, there's various. You know, they be they have become trauma. Full moon. They used to be more watchable. Recently, they've become trauma. You know, um, but the. Uh, you can't. They're hard to find actually because they've got their own streaming service now, and you can't find the films elsewhere. So you kind of have to de- rely on Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff like that if you haven't got the streaming. But it's it's basically a return to an origin, a re-origin story where a gang break in to make some drugs in an old um, uh, bakery. Surprisingly enough, they mix <laughs> some of this sort of super-powered drugs in with um, the baking thing, and out comes the ginger dead man who says. Guess who's back? He says, hey, shit, dicks. Guess who's batch? Um, and then he goes around killing them in various sort of painful ways. Um, he cuts the final scene is he cuts one of their fingers off and sticks it in his crotch as if he's got a massive penis. That's the final page. And he says, now, who wants to fuck with the ginger dead man? And he's got a finger for a penis and a big knife in his hand. He's covered in blood. So it is, you know, Real classy it's not, stuff. yeah, it's not, it's, <laughs> It's not More a Kira sour, you know. No, no, no. It's not a boot de souffle, you know. It's nothing like that. It's fucking. It's it's, it's like, it, it, it is what you expect it to be. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's good. It's all good. I kind of like it. it. Mm. Seeing the people at Full Moon Studios are like, yeah, man, whatever. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah I guess. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucking violent and mental and a quick read and not the most professionally drawn or coloured piece of art, you know, comic work in the in the world, but. I like it. It's trashy. It's nonsense. Mm. Um, yeah, it's all right. There you go. Ginger Dead Man One. I think actually, I don't know how many of these they made because Action Lab, I think, went went under not long after this. But oh, uh, okay, yeah, this is the first one. There's they they did. There's a series. If you dig back, Full Moon have had a try at doing comics in various different fucking places for almost, I think, almost for a couple of decades. Yeah. They were at Eternity, Eternity Press for a while. 
Then they had their own comic, which was Dole Man Kills the Full Moon Universe, which is, I have to say, the colours are really good on that because Simon Robbins coloured it. He's <laughs> our buddy. It's, uh, yeah, it's got, they've got their eye points. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. You know, that's how it is. Nice. That's, nice. that's licensed comics for you, though. Yeah. Some are good, yeah. some are bad. Yeah. yeah. Real mixed bag. Yeah. Well, my one, I went, uh, I jumped in the um, time machine again, went back uh, for a bit of a nostalgia trip. And uh, I looked at, because I'm on a bit of a UK weeklies sort of tip at the moment. And uh, I was very um, gratefully gifted a, a box of uh, two series, like complete series of uh, some weekly comics. One of one of which was the real Ghostbusters, which I was a massive fan of back in the day, that weekly comic. And the other one was the one I, I decided to read. And these sort of uh, weekly comics, of course, have two stories in them normally, because especially when they're Marvel sort of based, like the Punisher um reprint yep. type issues i went for issue one of action force hey. okay now hey. what is action force well action force is gi joe yeah <laughs> they just that's what they called it in the uk it was um action force was something else originally wasn't it It was different sort of figures it was, that ba- then... it was battle action force yeah um, it was tying to sort of uh wasn't it was... the american action force the american action force was action man yes right. Or yeah, something like that. Yeah, we well, had Action no. Man, they had Action Force. Action Man was the name of the toy in the UK for G.I. Joe, wasn't for it? For G.I. Right? Joe, yeah. yeah. Action yeah. Force yeah. had different sort of action figures. I remember them as well because they, they all had sort of a one pose as if they were like holding yeah. guns. But they were um, like SAS. Then the, yeah, the, the, and they weren't fighting Baron Cobra. They were fighting... I Baron Blood. Know. Yeah, Baron and... Blood and things like that, yeah. But what are the backup stories in those comics, dude, by the way? Well, the this one uh, contains two stories because those weeklies always did, didn't they? Yeah. Um and the first one is called is named Gunboat and the second one is called Best Defense. Now, part of the reason I thought this is quite interesting. Uh Gunboat, uh script Simon Furman, pencils right. Ke- Kev Hopgood, inks Mark Farmer, letters Starkings and color Steve White. And uh for the Best Defense, script Larry Hammer, pencils and inks Herb Trimpey, letters Phil Felix, color Bob Sharon. Basically, the best defense is a reprint of like one of the the US books. I think it's probably half of it because like when it came to these ones, they would probably break up a twenty page yeah. issue into two, wouldn't they? Um, but the gunboat, um, which is quite clearly the the UK, um, it feels like new product for it. It feels like yeah, new yeah. product, yes, and it's very much tailored because Action Force is a sen- <laughs> in a weird way of putting it. Action Force is a British translation of GI Joe. And that's what I found fascinating about this. And I'll go into a, a little bit more about it in a minute. But so basically Gunboat is a story that's set in London. Immediately already uh, Destro and Cobra Commander are trying, they're basically trying to get weapons through on the Thames. You know, so it's got all of the, they got all those sort of, those sort of tentpole sort of points to, to cover. There's a bit of an espionage angle to it. Um, it looks... I mean, you can tell just by the way that the, the print looks. This doesn't look like a reprint. Do you know what I mean? It looks right, like something yeah. that, that was created for this. Um, on the interior of the inside, what I quite liked is um, for each story, as well as like a small synopsis of what the story is about, it tells you the personnel breakdown. Because obviously Action Force and G.I. Joe, that was appealing to the kids love commandos, the war stories. Mm. The, like, you know, yeah. they want, it's, and they don't mess about with it, but the personnel breakdown lets you know the characters that are in each story. Like the first one has Barbecue, Flint, Footloose, Lady J and Shipwreck. 
But on the um, best defence is Beachhead, Flint, Hawk, Lady J and Stalker. Um, but <laughs> reading some of the synopsis was quite interesting. I don't know, like, for, for essentially like a kid's comic, like, the best defence, as we know, the Larry Hammer books didn't really mess around. And it is, uh, like, it's about a terrorist, terrorist organisation. They've hijacked an airplane and they're planning to take the plane into Soviet territory on a suicide run. Now, the word yeah. suicide run really struck me as being... Yeah, coming, yeah. You probably wouldn't get that in a book now. The words, just, just those simple words. You know, the whole setup of this story. There's a lot of things, mostly in the in the American side of it, which feels very grown up. There's one thing I remember reading that comic as a kid. Uh, they, they, it's on the, the jet, isn't it? It's a 747 yeah. and they're flying in the sky. Uh, Beachhead, who's kind of like a, a commando, he's got like full tack vest. He's always wearing a balaclava. And the character yeah. never takes a balaclava off. And he gets in through the plane and he's sitting in like where the rows of people are sitting. He's sitting like all kind of hunched up, like by someone's knees. It's like yeah. you'd never get someone in the plane be able to get enough room for that yeah. and who would have noticed <laughs> a man <laughs> fucking sitting on the ground yeah wearing a fucking balaclava in full like yeah. tack vest yeah it's like, for the extra leg room yeah there, yeah well there's there's some beautiful sort of like you know because you have the initial setup of like the terrorists on this plane um and then it cuts to san francisco where the rest of action forces that they've been uh re-lettered for this I think this is uh, this is that always used to bug me as a kid because like it looks like it's been tepexed out and someone's clumsily put in action yeah. force. And when I was yeah. a kid, I was like, "Why is it done now? I don't understand why that lettering's yeah. different." So that's, that's is... the only GI Joe I've read. Though They're, I didn't even know they were GI Joe when I was reading them. Yeah, same. Was that was that know. one? Was that run? Is that specific for that? Or because they also had backup backup stories in in Transformers. So I wonder if uh, I think it, I, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that because there were so many GI Joe comics that Mar- Marvel did, wasn't there? I think they've they basically just. I mean, I've got I've got the joy. Of, I enjoyed reading this. I'm going to keep going with it. Um, I, th- I mean, that the way you're describing the actual book, it's, it sounds like similar to the Transformers one because the original yeah, totally. the original few Transformers issues, the first few issues were all just reprints from the American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until Britain, they Britain allowed can... the Brits to do it themselves later yeah. on, and that's when it well, got better. Yeah, that's the reason Transformers con- continued. That they're considered to be like you know real sort of golden time for yeah. big Transformers fans because you know the, the just pulling something quickly out of the back of my fucking brain while I try and remember it is um, being a back to Master of Kung Fu. Being a Master of Kung Fu completist, they act he actually had a backup story, a single story. Yes, you're right with Quick Kick. Yeah, and yeah. it was um, written by Grant Morrison. Ah. Yeah, there's a character Quick Kick who's like I the fucking kind of, loved Quick the Kick. martial artist of the GI Joe who looks he, a bit like him, doesn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, he recalls right? like the baddest dude he's ever fucking known, and that dude is Shang Chi. Right, what does Quick Kick look like? Um, he's kind of got he's topless, but he's got like a red sort of bandolier over the, his chest, with, like full of ninja stars. He's got a bandana. He's got yeah, so he, not unlike yeah. Master Kung Fu, not unlike yeah. 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 He's just wearing like karate trousers and doesn't I have. Guarantee have... that that's based on Bill Superfoot Wallace. I wouldn't put it past him. Could well be like the like a well famous American martial yeah. artist. There's some brilliant sort of like... lines based on Dan. I, I, I love reading di- dialogue <laughs> from these old, older sort of comics as well, um, because especially like the um, the second one, the, the best defense. I because this was in the days when. You know, characters were kicking open doors, firing machine guns, and having a full-on conversation as they walked. <laughs> did, did this, wasn't it? Um, and like Hawk, 
who looks to me, knowing G.I. Joe after the, the fact, because Hawk's not wearing headgear, he looks like Duke. Does right, that make yeah, sense? A bit of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks because a... I thought it was Duke at first, but it's Hawk. Um, so they basically turn up at this this crime, you know, this this hold up, and the SWAT are there, and they're like, "You can't go in there. I have orders for my chief." Hawk's just walking up with an Uzi in his hand. They're just casually walking to the front of this place. He goes, "I'm a general. I can go anywhere I please, and my orders come from the president, the one with the pompadour and rosy cheeks." <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and but then as he kicks open the door and like machine gun fires coming at them, he's just firing this machine gun just casually into the room. Yeah. Just going, you can't question the dead ones. You got that taser charged up, and I thought, right, they're going to use a taser. <laughs> they're yeah. they're going to use a taser. But Stalker replies, "I bought some new Duracells on the way over." What? Yeah. <laughs> Throwing a rescue, throwing a rescue grenade. But the thing yeah. is, product so, placement. The person that's shooting at them. Isn't like a whole, you know, you, you see them, they take down a couple of like just nameless sort of green suited sort of baddies. But there's one rather robust looking woman behind a massive machine gun just firing at Another them. Another one, yeah. Right. And she's just, and there's a whole page of just ratatatatatatatatata, you know, just the, the lettering filling the page. And then they're trying to take her out. <laughs> and. Hawk's like, Stalker, fatso with the machine gun is yours. Try to flank her while I neutralise the rest. And I was like, oh what? What? And then, then when Stalker shoots her with the taser, he goes, heads up, tubby. <laughs> Times have changed. Yeah. Yeah. Times have changed. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And that, but the thing I... This is what took me out of the book. I thought, this isn't realistic. Um, because <laughs> as the woman's lying there unconscious, Stalker's her finger clenched on the trigger and fired off the whole belt. That's what a taser does. 50,000 volts contracts all of the muscles and stops them in their tracks without killing them. There's some pretty good fucking Duracell batteries, aren't they? And it's yeah. fucking 50,000 volts. I like that. If I ever get tasered, I know I won't shit my pants. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. They weren't using yeah. double A's. They were using yeah. them square ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ones yeah. you used to lick the ends off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ones you're only using uh, fire alarms these days. Um, yeah, yeah. But the the thing that also caught my eye is these were in the classic weekly days of you had a fact file, didn't you, of characters yeah. in these sort of books every week, and you find out something about them. And in the first ish, issue is one of my favourite characters, Flint. And as I was reading it, I was like, "Oh, he was born in Lincoln in England." <laughs> oh, yeah. He went. He went to the random. British, he did. He went to the British Army. Oh, I see. He went parachute training at Aldershot. Oh, I see. He did this. Oh, right. Okay. He was in action action force. That's not what Flint's stat card is. They've changed it for the British audience. Right. Okay. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Because um, yeah. when I looked at the one that's on the back of the figures, he um he came from Wichita in Kansas. It's so, interesting that because it. I think I think that follows on from the fact that like basically UK comics, America had superheroes and we had war. Mm. Agreed. You know, it was totally. it was our big yeah. thing, and I wonder they thought, oh, we don't want to really. How are we going to sell a comics just a lot of American people? Yeah. The kids, the kids want their own heroes, maybe, or yeah, they're, they're yeah. used to reading about British wartime heroes. We'll change it for that, yeah. yeah. And just they, they randomly take, chose yeah. Lincoln out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. and they've taken That's the basis. True. They've taken the basis of like because I looked at like the actual card, the original card. They've taken the basis of that and then just added like a paragraph on top of it just to say, oh, he came here, he went to Aldershot, he was training like with these people. It's it, that that was sort of fascinating to me, especially like after after a few years, Action Force 
just disappeared, didn't it? As far as we know now, it's just G.I. Joe. Everyone knows it's G.I. Joe. No one has a... I do remember they had a page where basically like Cobra were kicking G.I. Joe and Action Force's asses, and they said, well, we're going to be collectively now known as G.I. Joe, the Action Force. And they sort of, from that point on, it was rebranded as G.I. Joe. Yeah, uh, okay. Action Force got yeah. the elbow. Yeah. But they're, but they're fun stories. They were fun weekly stories that um, also, one of the surprising things is, like, people get murked left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if you're a bad guy, there's a good chance you're just getting mowed down. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different from the cartoons that obviously got licensed yeah. where they're, they're shooting lasers. And that they're shooting lasers because they can't use machine gun. Up and, but, but yeah, yeah you, you see a lot of, like, proper people going, Chopped ah! up, blown up. And fall, yeah. yeah, falling away. <laughs> Yeah, so it's fascinating. So, yeah, Action Force. It was like, yeah, I've got, I've got a whole stuff, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I, I remember think, I got a few of them. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. I tell you what, if anyone who's got some of these, it's a good way to experience the the back issues of the original GI Joe run as well, because that's all it yeah. is. That, you know, it's just it's just got an Action Force header on <laughs> the, the back. Got a confession, mate. I bought a DVD off of uh, eBay with all the Action Force comics on it because I couldn't fucking <laughs> source them. So, you see them advertised yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. 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 We we had a, we had some other questions though, didn't yeah. we? As well. Yeah. Um, did you want to ask your question about TV show, Dan? Or do you want me to read it out? Have you got it in front of you? Or... Uh, can you read it out? I was just yeah uh, yeah go for it. So it was a two part question from Mister Butcher. Um, name a TV show or film you'd love to see continued in a comic series, and if you were given the license and creative control, what would you do with this? Uh, guest first. Yeah, this was this was really really hard. Because oh. every time I thought of something, it's already been done. It's just so much right. that's been done. Yeah. Um. So I sort of settled on. I had a couple of answers. So the first one, and I know it's already been done, and I would like to see it done, but I'd also not like to see it done because the the series is so good. Is Blake Seven? I think yeah. if they told exactly the same story, but just updated all of the design, so we didn't have Chuddy BBC special effects. Oi. Then, <laughs> I think it, it could be spectacular, but they'd have to keep the same story going through. They couldn't reach. Change I fucking anything. love Blake Seven, man. Just I fucking it love it. I rewatched it during lockdown. It's oh, one of my favorite it's series. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Who's your favorite artist? You got that big art book of. I always forget his name. Vince did the commando covers. Oh, um, fucking hell, Ian. Ian Kennedy. Ian Kennedy. Ian, Ian Kennedy did one of the stories in that that series. Oh, the original. Um, I think they they go for a few quid now. I think the old um, Blake Seven weeklies they were, um, and he did one of the. They all had sort of five or six page stories in them. A bit like when we had the Red Dwarf comic as well. Yeah, I've got a feeling Steve Dillon did one of them as well. Um, That'd have been good. I'd like to have seen that. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, cool. Um, do quick hit, quick hits on this then. Yeah, V or Dan, what do you reckon? What I would go. I might mention it before, but I would definitely go for Dark Man. Okay, I, I there was a comic, wasn't made. there, I think. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure it if it was, was just a straight adaption or they continued it. I'm not actually sure. Continued the adventures. It's, I reckon there's enough of that character you could spin out and do stuff yeah. with it. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's definitely definite story to be had with that character. Nice. Oh, and that's who I choose. Yeah, I go Visionaries, the old... Uh, uh, wasn't that already done? It was already done, but I, I, I was thinking about it recently. But um, okay. I think it was another standard ad- adaption. I never there was one I didn't read as a kid, but I think I think you could do something mm. cool with that concept. A lot of these concepts were they they were great concepts, but they weren't really you know 
but it's hard to tell because sometimes if if you have a grown-up creating that you know adapting these things sometimes you get the gritty dark version of it isn't it like but is that what the world wants is that the world what the world needs it's what i'd probably do more darkness yeah that's just gonna that's just gonna sell on hologram covers that's all oh yeah baby <laughs> oh god that yes <laughs> yeah I, you've just sold me on it sold me on my own idea <laughs> Um, so what would so what would yours be? I've got to do one. Um, yeah. yeah, the um, well, mine. I particularly chose this because it was um, ended too early. So I think that provides a writer with an opportunity to continue in a lot of what was going on that was clearly yeah. planned. So I only had two seasons. The first season was I can't, I'm not sure which company it was. The second series, it was the second season was moved to fucking Sci-Fi Channel, which is let's face it, creative death often back then, wasn't it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So 99 to 2000, it's a series called G versus E. TV series. I don't know if you remember this. No, no, no. Yes, a guy I remember, called, I'm, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. A guy called Chandler Smythe dies and he gets resurrected as a sort of, they're called the core and they're sort of a heavenly repo squad chasing, um, they call them Morlocks, but they're basically demons on earth. Um, real 70s cool look about it. Like lots of Lionel Blairs and, you know, big haircuts and all that sort of thing. Um, but it and so it had a real but so it had a comic comedy element it looked fucking great and it, it definitely had legs in a period that you know buffy was also about angel was about the time and this sort of thing i loved it i thought it was a great fucking series and um there's only 22 episodes of it so there's there's the possibility of going somewhere with it where it should have gone yeah but i think you could do lots for that one that's my one mm, yeah that's a good Can one. I throw another one in ulysses yeah. 31 <laughs> ulysses 31 yeah. God, yeah amazing cartoon never saw anything else outside the cartoon I don't even know if there were toys or anything. No, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's it like a series, Japanese-French so. collaboration, wasn't it, that one? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Nice. Good. And was nice there, one. So what was the other... Was there another part of that question? No, we kind of done it. Yeah, yeah. we kind of did it. Yeah. Mm. it. It was sort of, what do we not want to see in the... Oh, man, that fucking is going on and on. And yeah. I, I, well, I brought this down. At the, if you want to know what not to put in it, Go and reread the looking because every, <laughs> every week there's something Man that you do not want to see. I mean, you know, 18 Magnum, that's all right. But when you're giving me six issues of six pages of ABBA, no. Well, no just it, just uh, draw yeah. the line there. Yeah. I've got a page of the um, Bionic Man looking on my office wall. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you, do you know what? If, you, if you're in, talking about OA, we talked about a couple of months ago. If you're into OA, you can find reasonably priced TV comic and looking magazine OA. Uh, it might be like go. a page from Words or Gummage or something like that, yeah. you know, but <laughs> Range Hill comic or something. But there's some good stuff to be had by some cracking British artists on there as well. After That's the revelations about Aunt Sally, I think uh, maybe. Yeah. I can't see why anyone would go after Words or Gummage comic. But anyway, it's different <laughs> strokes for different folks in it. Yeah. <laughs> Just boggles yeah. my mind. Mm. Yeah. Dick Turpin. Remember that series, all that sort of thing in there. Oh, crumbs, yeah. Yeah. They did, there was a, t- a Japanese TV series called uh, X-Bomb that they made called Starfleet in the UK, and it's basically like the Japanese version of, like, Jerry Anderson, Thunderbirds, yeah. except there was, like, yeah. loads of people dying and stuff. And they had a strip that used to run in looking. Oh, and right, they, okay. they made it look like the the armatures, the little figures. So, uh, I bought a load of that. I bought a load of look-ins at the comic mart we all went to. Oh, there you go. There's some lovely covers yeah. on them. Yeah. That's the yeah. worst thing about the Transformers one. If you go back to the Transformers one, is some of the issues. And I, I found out, obviously, the reason why was because the artists themselves were only provided with the toys, nothing else. So when they were drawing the comics, 
the comics all looked like the toys. But because yeah. the toys were pretty crap. The figures in the book, it wasn't a later just on, they started like, giving them normal hands and like, yeah. moving properly. It was just like actual toys in the in the page, and it was, it was just awful. Mm. <laughs> Man, I feel like we could go on all we, night about yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. There, there's plenty. Yeah. We didn't even touch on the ones that we we don't necessarily like. <coughs> Predator. Um, <laughs> no, I do like some of them. You speak for us all there, I think. Yeah, yeah a lot, lot of it is very watered down and weak. And, yes. Uh, yeah, but hopefully, if there's a um, obviously a license that you're a big fan of, whether it's you're a fan of it now or you used to be a fan, hopefully you've discovered some comics that have given you mm. hours of entertainment and continued the story because at the end of the day, whether they're part of conti- continuity or not, if it's a, a good story, it's a good story. And sometimes it could just be exactly what you need, what you wanted. Um, and hopefully, isn't a shameless marketing ploy? <laughs> but, they w- but they wouldn't do that in comics, would they? they never. <laughs> no, they'd never do that. Well, we hope you enjoyed that chat folks I, I mean we that was could, a quick run through it wasn't it, it was yeah, yeah. yeah we could go on for hours so possibly we'll re- revisit this at one point um, but we'll see we've done it for a better part I've of an hour so yeah, I've only gone of... through one page of my notes as <laughs> <laughs> a waste away this, mate this nice happens to, to yeah. yeah this happens to us every week here and welcome to the Thunderdome oh, <laughs> um, but um, speaking of other things on this show have we got any shout outs yeah I've got a few so yeah. firstly big thanks to everyone who's promoted or backed a dirty basement one and two on Kickstarter. We made our, we made our money this morning, but we chuffed. Like I said earlier, we had a little celebration. But yeah, we really appreciate it. We've got still got we only did it for twenty days. I think we've still got seventeen days left. So still time to get on it. You can get the comics for three quid. We played our normal day in a certain comic shop today by saying how much do you reckon this is? And we fucking underestimated every single time. Um but these right. are reasonably priced. So go and go and if you if you fancy something that's part of what we're calling the new underground, go and have a look at it. Um, thanks to Tom Stewart for sending me a Johnny Ryan book that I didn't have actually this week. I was fucking chuckling away and sending you both pictures from it, wasn't I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which can never be repeated. <laughs> that fucking geezer's wrong. Um, speaking of wrong people, I'll be up in Glasgow in a couple of weeks for um, Glasgow Comic Con. Hmm. Going up to see the boys up there. That'll be good fun. And then I'm rocking on through to Dundee to see the TCS boys. So I'm looking forward to oh, that. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. And the other one, which I've got to give a shout out to these fucking, whoever these fucking mental people are, they they never fail to make me laugh. And that's, I've got, just got the new Asteroid Belters through issue three, yeah, lust, in, yeah. lust in Space. I've been showing you boys some of the pages from it. <laughs> fucking hell, man. Absolute naughty. Talk about Robocop. That yeah, one's sort of like that. an IP comic as well, isn't it? In, in a way. Big time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah with well, like a fucking let's, big... Let's just hope they never find out. Belly laughs. the creators, because bloody hell. They've been <laughs> yeah, hot water. Yeah. And you can follow them, I think they're on Twitter, TBH Comics, something like that, I think they are. Worth, worth, finding, worth following. Um, but yeah, Asteroid Belt was issue three. It's just come off um, Kickstarter. I'm not sure where they've got a site or anything like that to buy at the moment, but uh, it's well worth digging out and having a look for, yeah. They're my ones. There you go. Nice. Dan? This is the recommends. Or shout-outs. Shout-outs, shout I completely fucking <laughs> lost it because Danny was doing a recommend there. So, <laughs> Right, I've lost me. Right, okay, I've got a uh, my w- almost weekly now lawless shout-out. Hey. I wanted to do this. For... People take the piss out of you doing this, don't they? Yeah. Like, I'm going to bat for lawless Comic-Con. <laughs> uh, which is That's what it is, Dan. I've not heard of this. Yeah, 29th, 28th and 29th of May, 2023. Uh, uh, LawlessComicCon.co.uk. Uh, 
by the Double Tree by Hilton Ho- uh, Bristol Hotel. Uh, I said that fucking wrong, uh, but you can go there, and there's tons and tons of uh, UK-based comic creators. Some of whom have worked in 2008, some worked in the, the 77, and many other things. Uh, yep. I've popped a couple of issues of Viper Crimson Dawn in the uh, raffle thing. So is hey. it a Tombola? Yeah, or raffle one of the one of the two. So that's a great reason to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> among many others. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. That reason. You know. And yeah. uh, I've got one more. If I can just uh, press return on the keyboard, and it's not fucking there. Well, I've uh, got I've got a quick one. I go don't know it. if it's the one that you had, Dan. It's another Kickstarter. Um, Stone Cop. Oh yeah, I'll back this. Yeah, I bet this. Um, <laughs> from Nick Bryan friend of the show uh artist phil Appley, slack member and letterer dc hopkins with cover inks by amanda uh louis i got that wrong <laughs> um, all right anchorman but it's <laughs> 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 it's it's about a city under siege a series of rock crushing battles and one artificial being trying to fulfill fulfill his mission and trying to work out if he should um this looks great I, I must say, yeah, this is this is right up our, our lovely street. colours on this. I think, yeah, yeah. there's a lovely yeah. sort of watercolour kind of vibe mm. there. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, Phil's a, a great talent. Um, I've never seen any of his work before, but but I mean, Nick's always he knows exactly what he's doing when it comes to Kickstarters and stuff. The, it's great value for money, so get on it. It's uh, it's currently it's got twenty twenty three days left to go as it's currently standing, um, but definitely don't don't miss out on this because I think it's another great one. Dan, what was your... Uh, the one, I've got two actually. One, it's only got 24 hours at the time of recording, so only be on the last few hours by the time you listen to this. It's Lava Fists by Mike Ash- uh, Ashton. Uh, yeah, it's 1904. Like and a just made his money in it. That's good. Yeah. Lava God Danny Nemorani battles a giant rock monster on his way to school. That's just made his money. So go check that one out. And uh, finally, I've got the Lana's Big Hot Thick Casebook. Uh, which is smashed through its goal. Uh, Lana's big, hot, thick casebook. Brandy Gravenall. Really help. Really be careful. Lana's big, hot, big, hot, what? Ca- hot, thick <laughs> casebook. <laughs> a, a big, a big Gravenall ca- collection of spying with Lana's stories. They're, they're very uh, spicy. Could say the word. Yeah. There's action. There's uh, sex. There's brilliant titillation. Artwork. Yeah, fantastic artwork. Mm. Uh, Do you think we're go. returning to a period of the return of the Eros comic? There's a few about now, aren't there? Mm. Well, Talk about a couple tonight. Yeah, if if I've, if people are going to want to buy these comics, and if they're not being catered to, someone else. If you don't cater for your customers, someone else will. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Yeah. I mean, it's better to sell a comic about sex than it's about blowing up fucking people, isn't it? Let's face it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Make love not water, as exactly. we've always said. Well said. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a suggestion here, guys. Can I do a quick uh, shout out? Yeah, of course you can. Sure. It's not really a shout. It's more a request for anyone who's who's got um, Amazon Prime subscription, you know, for for deliveries and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. If you've got it, with the Amazon Prime subscription comes a free subscription on Twitch. And if you head over to Twitch and link your account to Prime. You can follow any of the artists that are on there because it's not just gaming. It's, it, there's loads of artists on there as well. So okay. don't let it go oh, to I didn't there. know that. Don't let it awesome. go to West. There's, there's independents and there's pros on there. Jim Lee's on there. Ryan Benjamin's oh, on right. there. 
What's well, so you can watch him draw there. and create. Yeah, you stuff. can watch and learn and, and just like people send stupid messages to him occasionally the answer, but you can watch him do, mm. do some stuff. Yeah, it's oh, just okay. yeah, yeah, live streaming as they and work, isn't it? It's yeah. basically yeah. like a normal subscription costs about five quid or something like that, but you get one free, one free with your Prime subscription. So the artist will get two like two quid or two or three quid off yeah. that subscription. Oh, nice. nice work. Good. Oh, nice. good shout. So I'm, I'm, the suggestion I was going to make is we do our special recommend and then we let Kieran do his. It breaks up a bit that way. Okay. How, how, how would you? How do you, okay. you? Are you that guys ready? Good. Yeah, ready? ready. Yeah, yeah. One there. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're kicking off the recommendations section part of the show, um, and it's going to start a little bit differently, as Tony said. So um, yeah. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, I'm going to speak about the uh, the recently acquired comic at Casa Esmond War Epic from Nathan Cowdery. New comic <clears> that we we've certainly enjoyed books by him called Sea Diver and Crash Site, which are just crazy stuff, aren't they? Um, this is a smaller A5 single story in colour, which feels like the first of the series. In fact, it should be the first series, unless you go to Nathan's page in which he's written, unless I give up on it, which could happen. So it might be a series, might not. Depends how he feels about it. Uh, let me set the scene for you. The year is 20... Sorry, the year is 1944. As the sun begins to set on Germany's war, a sadistic head of a, a prisoner of war camp must decide how he wants his final days in charge to go. Right, so rather than review this or recommend it or whatever we're going to do, I thought we would do... I'm going to hand over now to the ACP Radiophonic Players. Um, uh, I will be performing the part of the introduction. Um, Vincent Hunt will be performing the part of the Commandant. Hello there. And Daniel Guns Butcher will be performing the part. Hello, da- hello, Vince. Hello. And uh, Daniel Guns Butcher will be performing the part of the the sculptor, aka the prisoner. Hello, Daniel. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Allow me to set the scene. We're inside the castle walls of a wartime Nazi Germany prisoner war camp, and the commandant has arrived, and um, something is about to happen. And I'll hand over to you, Vincent. So it's me being the co- you're I'm no. the prisoner on it. It's me. We fight this up already. Sorry, sorry, Dan. Over that's right, sorry. Yeah. Commandant Brun, we present to you our latest piece, Life Giver. And unveiled on the floor of this uh, this barren room is a statue in gold of the commandant naked doing a lady from behind. Over to you, Vincent. Her coming face. You gave me a coming face. You. What was it I told you, old man? I'm sorry, Commandant. I wanted a surprise face, remember? Like someone walked in while I was having sex. And I'm caught off guard, like a rabbit in the headlights. Like this. And the uh, the commandant is making a ooh face, with his hand to his lips, as if surprised. And yet, what do you decide to give me? A coming face. Kill him. <gasps> no, no, wait, please. Oh, and guards? Fuck him in the ass and mouth, too. No, stop. And guards? Ass first. (laughs) What greater recommendation could we possibly make for a comic other than that incredible dramatic reading? I think it deserves a round of applause. 
I'm severely shocked at how good that actually was. Very good. <laughs> it was um, unbelievable. It's like you were there <laughs> in the room. I thought Dan, yeah. Dan might have been needing a toilet break at the beginning, but he sort of... Yeah. <laughs> trying to kind of only uh, came into the role, but Vince off the bat was just spectacular. In it, thank you, yeah. Th- thank you, thank you. You, you lived the roles. It took a while to get into character for that, which uh, probably the listener weren't here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so you can find this. It's only eight pounds. It's uh, something, but we all, we automatically buy stuff by Cowdery. Um, you can go to Nathan Cowdery, C O W D R Y, Nathan Cowdery. and get a copy. I suggest they're probably going to sell out quite quickly. Um, there's a bit of a buzz around it. I already had a couple of people saying, "Have you read it yet? Have you read it yet?" Through to me hey, today nice. and um, you can find him on Instagram at stinkstagram <laughs> that's his Instagram <laughs> handle nice. there you go it's my first one nice gentlemen well done and thank you thank you pleasure, pleasure. you're doing Cheers. dramatic readings for all of us no <laughs> no <laughs> just you Kieran no okay. um, but what is your recommendation well this is good because my, my my recommendation is Rooster Fighter so I'll start on page one <laughs> <laughs> Never heard this one. In, in all seriousness, this is, a, I mean, it's an absolute amazing book. If you haven't read it, it's only four books in. It's obviously a manga. Um, you more than get what you pay for. I mean, yeah. a manga's coming up about eight quid, a, eight quid a book, but, you know, there's a lot of pages in there. The art is spectacular, and the storyline is just unbelievably hilarious. It's just every you would expect from a chicken. I know, um, obviously, like when when we mentioned it, a lot of people sort of like made jokes about the fact that we kept mentioning Rooster Fighter like every other week or something like. Mm. But it really yeah. is a bit of a revelation when you read it for the first time, isn't it? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the only downside on the book is that it takes so long for it to come out in the UK, which mm. I've discovered is because it, the English version's printed in the states, so it takes them longer to to send it over to the UK to get the English version, whereas. The other European languages are all printed locally, so they're like the, I've I've just read book four, the Spanish version now. Um, but the it says on Amazon that the UK version, the English version, is not out till September, which is a oh, ways wow. away. I think it'll be out June, June-ish. It's normally way before. The last one was a couple of months before they said it was. So I think well, I, I get mine through. Soon. I've been getting them through Diamond, and they they arrive quite early from Diamond. Okay, get them in a comic shop. Yeah, that's the best option then. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's quite sad. Actually, the European version is slightly smaller. But okay. Each book, each book comes with a dust cover. So, oh, that is different, yeah. Yeah, so the, the cover on your one is the dust cover for this one, and then there's like a like a, a monotone one of the pages on the cover of the inside. So, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. You do kind of have so to see it. So it's only four know, books in this. Yeah. There's only four books in this run, you're saying? Yeah, so far, yeah. So yeah. Oh right! So far, is it continuing? Yeah. Is it after that? Yeah. Or... Okay. okay. I don't know how long it's going to go for, but I assume it's like a like most mangas, they're all ten pages a week or something, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon it's the difference between tube stops, don't they? That they write it so you yeah. can read one between tube stops. Quite cool. Yeah, I was reading. Someone was there was a chat or something. Someone on the Slack, I think, about the way the the, the timetable is for a manga artist, and it's just insane. Yeah. There's no time to breathe. Mm. Never mind, eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And with yeah, that yeah. sort of timing as well, you notice that the pacing of the books just rattles along, don't it? It's a real, yeah, yeah. But a, a quick read, but an enjoyable quick read. Yes. You're still, you're still getting a lot of comic, really, for it. Yeah, this yeah. book four did have one shock page I wasn't expecting. Oh. Uh, right. Okay. Oh, amazing! I'm looking forward to that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there you go. Put it in your wish lists. We're yeah. not sponsored by them, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who would like to go next? 
I don't want to go next. Go on. Uh, I've got an issue that was sent in uh, so for a review. So uh, I've stepped up to the plate and gone for a, a review. Uh, Blam and Glam by Richard A. Morgan. Uh, starts off with a woman with no memory, a city facing new demons, a 2020 unlike our own. So the plot for this, he's starting like a, a ruined post-apocalyptic London where there's kind of some kind of uh, event as glo- like a global catastrophe has taken place and it's laid waste to the the UK, which kind of <laughs> flicks back to last week's recommend re- re- review when the, this uh, something similar happened to a comic where the, the UK was laid to waste, but that was because of uh, lack of rain. In here, it's a uh, an invasion by demonic entities, and we see like as in uh, Dead of Dead, a newspaper comes up, and it's like global pandemonic. And this this comic does play into, I think it was started around pandemic times, and it makes references back to that. And into this is sort of thrust our heroine, which you won't find her name out till later in the issue, but it's Glam as they refer to her. And uh, um, when moments after she's arrived she gets into like this violent kinetic encounter with this demonic entity and two fellow survivors come along called benny and jet uh and she happens to pick up one of theirs like a proto sentient pistol which ends up being called blam and he sort of becomes a sidekick to her so that's where you get the blam and glam from the the, the title so i've read up up to and including issue four and the score, the story kind of like blasts along as the the characters sort of go through post apocalyptic London, and you start kind of delving into the the mysterious past of uh, glam. Uh, Artwise, Richard like employs a, a painterly style that you'd associate more with a comic like uh, a type you'd find in two thousand AD or heavy metal. Uh, he's got like a really decent grasp of action and style, which feels like very cinematic and heavy of atmospherics. It, some of the stuff he's produced, like for the cover work, is really arresting like kind of very powerful punchy covers that whenever i see them online they really jump out they're really well designed especially the the logo which there's a heavy sort of sexual element running through this comic and the you can kind of see that in the the logo where you've got blam and glam kind of butted up against one another and there's like a little red x which kind of refers to something the character's wearing but you could conceivably look at it as a, a butthole <laughs> if you're so inclined. Uh, he kind of artistically he starts off strong in the series there's a few panels which is like mm, that could be a bit better but by the time he's sort of issue, hitting issue four and five as an artist you can see he's growing over the years and it's really kind of getting better and better and going from strength to strength uh he's kind of the the layouts figure painting uh the technique everything just improves uh critique like it was it's from issue one it kind of refers back to kind of uh, the lockdown with the pandemonic and there's a pm that looks suspiciously like boris and he's got that you remember that placard we they used to run with it, the the three slogans on it in yellow with like green chevrons and it's like wear a mask Oh, stay. Yeah. They've got oh, that. He's yeah. done like a take on that, but with the demons, which is quite nice. I mean, throughout, there's loads of pop culture references. And if you've got a keen eye, you can pick up on a couple of them. I was wondering, there's the, the two characters that come along to kind of like travel alongside the main character are called Benny and Jet. And I was wondering mm. if that was a call to Benny the Jet Ukides, which is kind of like a martial well, it's, arts it's more, film it's more star. Like, it's more like John, called, yeah, Benny and the Jets, man. That's a big yeah. song. Oh, yeah. there you go. Could be, could be out there. there. Yeah. Uh, Glam's I think that's design. where the martial artist gets his name from. That's what I always get. Really? Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I never never thought of that. 
I'm going to uh, have to lock Daryl now. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah, if you look. look up this character's design, uh, I don't know if you want to do that now, but it's highly sexualized. Think like leather PVC gear with her nipples being covered by like two black crosses. Uh, that's uh, very um, Sin City almost to me. Yeah. A there's a bit of that yeah. in it. I've got to say, yeah. this will really appeal to a certain like, part Older of the audience right. and will switch off another. But mm. that, I think that's a calculated risk that Richard has taken and it appears to have been paying off. The books like have been funded on Kickstarter and they've done extremely well. And the last campaign, he had like a an action figure you could back of the, the okay, brand character good. and he was doing great guns. It looks really, really good to be honest. Mm. Uh, if I was going to say anything, I'd sort of like, like Richard to go for a bit more is like when he does like talking heads, go for a little more dynamic angles. Like there's a certain eye height and framing of the faces that he often goes to. And honestly, it's very hard to, to not when you're doing talking heads with people going back and forth, not to slip into to old patterns of, I'm going to do this shot because I can do this shot. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's an absolute fucking minor quibble though because it, it, it does the job uh, fine. Uh, I was getting a little bit lost in the story at times. I was a little unsure what was happening, but I think that put that down to more of a personal reading uh, thing rather than being a critique of uh, Richard's writing, because he does literally everything in the book, letters, right. colouring, writing. Yeah, uh, I think I'd probably have to revisit and give it another read, because sometimes, you know, when you just read it, it just doesn't kind of go in properly. It's like, I, I need a second go at this. So I think I'm going to treat myself to that. Uh, you can find Richard's work on Instagram as at Richard A. Morgan, and you can find him on Twitter at Morgo Comics. Go check it out. I think he's just ready in the latest issue of this for a Kickstarter release, so keep an eye out for that too. Cool. Nice work. Thanks for sending it in. Yeah, nice. definitely. Thanks, guys. We are working our way through the pile. There's a lot. There's, so, a, there's a quite yeah, a few more to go yet, but yeah, so if you are, if you do have one one in, in with us, it will, it will reach the top at some point, so... Mm. Yeah. yeah, everyone's been pretty cool about not like. Have you done it yet? You know, we haven't done yeah. much of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if there's a bit of fire and forget about a lot of this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We'll get to them. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to right, them. Um, my recommendation for this week um, is a new book by Jeff Lemire um, and Gabriel Hernandez. Is it Walter or Volta? Oh, I've read this. This is about the truck thing. The Phantom Road issue one. Yeah, you read this. I read the first two issues. Three came out on Wednesday. Didn't I, I haven't read, read the second. I haven't read the second second one. As always, yeah, I like this. Um, I read this for the dystopian episode. Never talked yeah, about it actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, great little book. This um, mm. available now. Is it image? Yes, it's an image book. Um, basically, as it's described, they say it's a grindhouse horror meets high concept supernatural fantasy, which I think is just. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm I mean, cheap it. I yeah, couldn't yeah. really see Grindhouse in it myself. I just I saw I it. Like, it's just straight horror film. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. Basically, the setup is Dom is a long haul truck driver attempting to stay ahead of his tragic past. When he stops one night to assist Birdie, who has been in a massive car crash, they pull an artifact from the wreckage that throws their lives into fifth gear. Now, I don't really want to say too much more. The synopsis is longer than that, but it's um, as with all sort of Jeff Lemire books, and Tony, obviously, with the second issue, I can probably um, expand on this. Um, there's a great it's, it's a very simple first issue gets you into the sort of world of it and um, how sort of, I mean it's definitely horror it's cool it's, it, there's almost like a from the cover some people might think that this is just a straight up zombie book but it ain't there's something there's, it feels like there's more going mm-hmm. on but like yeah. all Jeff Lemire books 
the characters have a lot more layers of a tra- tragic past. You know, there's a lot more going on that is usually spoken of sometimes just through the art, really. Just like looking into a reflection and seeing someone else in the reflection of that, you know, as you're driving along, that kind of thing. Jeff Lemire has always been good. You know, he always um, he sort of dissects and expands on a person's character, doesn't he, and their past, which usually come in. I mean, I don't know how that's going to play into the story going forward. I also don't like the fact that uh, well, I also like the fact that I don't know what's going on. Um, that's uh, because yeah, hints and teases and yeah. reveals slowly. Yeah, that's a good thing about this. I yeah, like. th- there's yeah. just a situation that starts off. Um, you've I, I'm w- within the first issue. I think you get to know this character in 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 sort of very little increments you know they're they're very good at sort of setting up who this person is this dom this main guy so when the issue ends kind of feel like i i I know him and i'm with him but i don't know him completely do you mean but you you're invested in him and i think that's kind of what we want with the first issue um the birdie character after with issue one that's something that probably comes about later but they're certainly both put into predicament that i can't imagine how the tony issue two does a horror just sort of get bigger or is it still yeah more there's, a character a, exploration, there's a exploration? there's a sort of claustrophobic thing that comes into it really because the first yeah, one's there's, quite, like a, a, there's a certain big expanse isn't it to where they are sort of driving in the kind of the middle of nowhere yeah you you it begins to give them a reason for being there that's all i'll say right yeah, without okay. spoiling it yeah yeah because it really is a book that you don't want to spoil do it because i think it's sort of you're discovering it like a there's a certain Lynchian vibe, David David Lynchian, very much so. Yeah, that I yeah. get from this. There's a, there's a there's a great movie. I was thinking, is it called Dead End? Reminds yeah, me a bit of that, yeah, where they're driving oh, yeah. constantly in this yeah. car, and yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could say like David Lynch and like someone like George Romero came together and wrote a, like a screenplay for a film. You know, and this is what sort of came about. Do you know what I mean? If if you want shorthand for things, but yeah, that it's. I, I was a big fan of it. Um, I didn't know there was another issue already. Um, and because the two you, more, yeah, three, yeah, three issues so far. Yeah, I don't know how long the series is going to be. No, I'm not sure. No, yeah. I like I like what was art. I like the the flat color in it. Yeah, you know, it's nice. The cover different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is all expressions, isn't it? It's is very much facial acting and like getting the emotion of, like the first page starts off in the book of, of Dom outside this, like just smashing on the side of his truck going let me in let me in they're coming do you know what I mean it's like for fuck's sake let me in and you're like what, what's going on do you know what I mean and then it, cut, <laughs> then it cuts back a little bit that was a great like little scene that was um, great covers as well which kind of uh, yeah yeah, a bit samey yeah in, in, some, in some ways in some ways I can see that they, they look a little dreamlike it's, it's a difficult one to know. Oh, have I got this on the shelf? Yeah. Luckily, it's it's only issue three, so I don't get too yeah. confused. But, I, I I think yeah. it changes. I think the first two issues because they've got a similar color palettes, mm. like I say a bit samey. But issue three because the color changes, it's okay. quite it's quite different, isn't it? Have you seen the cover? For yeah, yeah. Three? yeah, yeah. He does. Walter does the covers as well, doesn't he? Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. brilliant work. I'm not, I'm actually gonna. Um, why you recommend your? If book. you're a horror fan, it's a nice little standalone yeah. horror series, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm going to buy the same one now while you're talking about it. Nice. So there you go. Oh. Tony, take it away. Uh, my last one, Octo- Octobriana and the Underground, issue one, Full Tilt Boogie, issue one of two. That's a tight on it. Um, from <laughs> Dead Good, Dead Good Comics. 
Um, repeat that for me so I can write it down. No, I shall not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say in the we're, we're eight years in July, aren't we, guys? I think is that right? Yeah. Eight years. Yeah, wow, in the eight years okay, we've yeah. been doing this. Um, I think this is the third comic I've talked about it. Octobriana is a really interesting character in that it's license free, so it's not an IP of some kind. So I think it's open to anyone to do comics about her. Um, she's, which I also found interesting in that she's kind of a Soviet character. And with the sort of Soviet is the new black, the rise of, you know, the, the iconography of the old Soviet um, USSR is being utilized in political posters currently being issued for recruitment to to the Wagner group at the moment. So it's an interesting time to be talking. I know it's something we've discussed, Dan. It's an interesting time to be talking about Mother yes. Russia and stuff, I yeah, think, in a way. totally. Um, 10 out of 10 for the cover on this. Fucking hell. Um, Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairburn. Um with a, a variant by Michael Cho, if you can believe it or not. Um, wow. Just cracking. Probably best cover I've seen on a shelf, comic shelf this year. I'll say immediate. Wow, cover. nice. Saw it on the, the regular comic shelves of Gosh Today, um, edited by Stu Taylor and sent to us by, um, I think, the PR officer, Bonnie Adams. Um, so it came as part of the review bundle that we, we've been getting slowly. We're getting more and more each day. Each day seems to be something else coming in. So uh, bear with us, folks. Um, go back to the archives of this podcast and you'll find it. I think Jim Rugg did a comic. There was also a comic that was an explanation of the very interesting history of this partly fictional, partly it's almost almost like the creation of this character has a fictional past as well. It's very it's a very interesting past. Um also appeared in Luther Arkwright um in the comic and the audio play at Big Finish. So this character is across a lot of stuff. And it okay. seems to she seems to be rediscovered every so often as this sort of great character, machine gun toting, tattooed, um hard as fuck kind of intergalactic meta not intergalactic more sort of interdimensional character almost sometimes um this is a collection of three stories um this follows on also follows on from octobriana with love the 50th anniversary edition which i sadly missed i don't know how i missed that i just didn't see it um there's previously written by Stu taylor art by simon fraser fraser's Top work and he's 2008 ice and more, you know, X Men artist. Um, and that's a recap for new readers. It doesn't actually totally work as a recap, um, I'm going to say, but it looks amazing. Um, it sets the characters out. There's time machines, vloggers, Rasputin, all this sort of thing. There's a real um, melting pot of, you know, a mixture of different characters in this. The second one is called Doxing Match, written by Lucy James, um, drawn by Simone Ragazzoni. Colors by Ellie Wright, letters by Hassan Otsemi Alahohi. Um, and then the third one is Red Girl Summer, part one, God Hates a Coward, with is written by Stu Taylor, who's also the editor, art by Stephen Harris, colors by Sophie Dodgson, letters by Josh Reed. Um Lucy James, who wrote the middle story, is from I think this is her first comic work. She's from GameSpot, the video game site. It's a writing debut. I've got to say, I really enjoyed this, and I really enjoy the reading the character. There's something about the character that takes me back to the sort of heyday of 80s comics, really, which is when okay. I first saw her in, um, I think, is it the first or the second Luther Arkwright? I can't remember now, but when I first saw the character. Um, and it looks amazing. Its pacing is strange. So you get the first couple of pages are, is like a recap done by a certain team. The middle story is just full-on action, just like non-stop. And the third story is much more talking head. And the, each each section is done by a different team. So there is a pacing issue about this, I think, where it kind of think they could have reconsidered 
where things fit in and how much how you end and how you begin a comic almost i think for a first issue to have three different stories by three different creators and call it one of two i'm not really sure where that fits so i'm gonna i'm, I'm not saying i hate this comic because i didn't i actually fucking reveled it i actually kind of think it's so confusing that the writer is fucking with you because there's oh, okay. this history of the characters being this rich and confusing and um often different points of view and they, they, there's a meta element to this character's creation never mind just the character um that i think they might be playing on that but i think there's some pacing issues especially with the middle story which just throws you I, I, before i just sat back and looked at it and didn't understand what's going on but enjoyed what i saw that makes sense strange but i don't know why i enjoyed it so much but when I didn't know what was going on, but maybe that's just me, me mellowing in my old age. Yeah. Um, amazing action, though. Absolutely amazing action. Um, but you do feel like you're jumping into something you don't really know what's going on. Uh, and the choice of an anthology by different creators as the launch issue seems a strange one for me. The second issue is out in July, so it's not long to wait from that. Um, and there's also good, uh, Dead Good Comics, who produce it, have also teamed up with tooth drinker which is and they've created a, a theme song for it which is available tooth drinker inc and they've created a theme song which is now available on spotify um so they're really they're really pulling out all that you know they've got a pr officer for it they you know they've got a ceo this is no small deal and to get yannick paquette on the cover i've personally i got a commission off yannick paquette about 12 years ago it weren't cheap then so i can imagine this isn't a cheap deal but it does look gorgeous mm. and the cover is very attractive and i think once you get past this sort of very complicated backstory to the characters, I think you can. I think you should be able to very much enjoy this. Um, nice. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's a recommend. It is, isn't without its issues, I think, but just they purely come from a complicated story and a lack of pacing. But I think this is this is a book that I would suggest people go and buy. Um, I'm not okay. sure how long it would take for a trade to come out, but I think this would also make a lovely little sort of trade or a hardback, something like that. Awesome. Um, yeah. That's my second one, guys. There you go. Nice. Nice there, one. There you go. What an absolute jamboree of comics to check out this week. Um, I love the word jamboree. don't know what it means, though. Yeah, when you're in the Scouts. Oh, is it a Scout? <laughs> oh, no, okay. We don't talk there about it. There goes jamboree. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's like the Masons. Don't, don't talk about what happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you want to talk about what you heard, listened on, what you heard on this show, then feel free to get in touch with us, folks. You can email us, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at the awesome pod. We're on like Facebook and stuff, but where you want to go is the Slack group. Get in touch with us and join the yeah. Slack community. There's a wonderful community of comics loving fans, creators, um, people that just want to talk about anything and everything. Wonderful channels on there. Um, and it's always busy. So there you it go. is. Yeah. The amount of messages that have come in while I've been recording this, you would not believe. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. Turn, I have sometimes I have to turn the uh, notifications off on my phone because I was driving <laughs> somewhere and it kept covering up the sat nav. So <laughs> 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 that's how busy it is, folks. Yeah. It's just people that love comics and want to talk about comics as, as we do. And we uh, hope you enjoyed this show. And uh, wherever you heard it, whether it was on the website, awesomecomics.podbean.com. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please say something nice. Leave us a nice review. Subscribe and put the word out of algorithms and things like that. Who knows how it all works. But if you listen to us on other networks, such as Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What are the networks we on, Tony? We're on the Pod Network. Pod, beware the dildons. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, even though I kind of knew it was coming, but it <laughs> uh, still put me off. Uh, there you go. Uh, where can people find us online, etc.? Dan, you can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. I suggest getting on board. There's some shit's going to go down in the next couple Ooh. of ages. Oh, you say that all the time, Dan. And do you know why? And it always because does. It always does. Yeah. <laughs> There's a so, lot of plot ends that are, plots that are coming coming to. I've been working on these fucking plots for like years, and finally they're coming to fruition. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Did, did you notice the switch of like marketing to yeah. man who's on the yeah. edge? <laughs> <laughs> you better follow me because I've been breaking this for 10 yeah, well, years you've got to see this payoff and if you, you want to uh, buy some of my books you can go to dzpublishing.bigcartel.com nice there you go brought it back around nice, nice. Uh, Tony where can I find you well Vince I don't know if you're the sort of person who's interested in finding out the politics of bananas or perhaps <laughs> you're the sort of person who was once bullied in the curry house by Bob Dylan if you are then you could go to the Kickstarter for Dirty Basement yes. 1 and 2 and find out more there. There you go. Yeah. How smooth was that? that I feel miss I'm not fucking recommending yeah. that. I I only get um I only get um bullied by Tony in a in a curry house. <laughs> ah. He knows he's laughing because he knows it's happened. See, do you remember that time we went to curry house, the, the three of us and Tom, and I fucking dared the waiter to make yeah. the hottest yeah. curry then, ever? Then, fucking hell. Then immediately mistake. you said to the bloke's face, you're going to kill me, aren't you? No. <laughs> gonna, I, I, I actually said to him, and you're going to pull my trousers right down on you. <laughs> I, said, I, I had to put the toilet roll in the fridge that day. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, dear. You can find me on social media at Jesse Diablo. And thank you again, Kieran, for joining us this week. No worries. Cheers, dude. Awesome. You're welcome back anytime. Where can yeah, people find one, you online, etc.? Uh, I'm online everywhere at Kigo Doodles, which is K-I-G-O Doodles, everywhere and anywhere. Uh, Except yeah, all that's what fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's the first OnlyFans joke we had today. Yeah. I did not have to the run. Sorry. Strip to the raced. Edit it out. <laughs> no, we, we I, just need one. I'm glad that that box has been ticked. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was another one somewhere. Yeah, I, saw, I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. De- we talk over each other all the time, yeah, though, don't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing it now. We're talking over each and, other. I don't yeah, even know yeah, what yeah. we've talked about today. Yeah. No, Honestly, I, I've listened back to fucking episodes and I've heard things people have said and laughed at them because I missed it. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just like normal conversations in reality as well. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Who knows? I haven't been listening for the past two hours. But thank you for listening, everyone. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it. Join us uh, next week for more uh, comics chatter and uh, see how quickly it goes off the rails next week. It was a record this week, I think. Yeah, it's getting bad. Yeah, it's not my fault. Taking no blame. No, it's not his fault. We've got an American guest next week. We'll have to behave, won't we? Can always do better. Yeah, yeah. Can always do better. Oh, and thanks for all the new listeners. Fucking hell, we're growing and growing and growing, aren't we? Yes. Nice. So so thank you to all you bots everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, thank you for listening, everyone. Wherever you are in the world, we hope you're happy, healthy, doing okay because you're listening to this because you like comics. So we love you very much. Yeah. Don't we, Dan? Thanks for listening. Yeah, we do. Kieran, you love them, don't you? I do. And I'd like to say, on behalf of all of the fans, that we all love Tony. And we just hope that, <laughs> hope that, that love would be reciprocated one day. Tony, I'll reciprocate them with some dirt, dirty loving. <laughs> Oh, no, no, you could just say you love them back. You don't have to 
vaguely, no. vaguely threaten them. <laughs> How is making week, dirty love to you three? Every week, Tony, your hair's just a little more. Because <laughs> that's the idea. There's nothing more fun. Even bad sex is good sex. You, I've told you this before. <laughs> it all depends on perspective. <laughs> Which way uh... you're looking? <laughs> anyway, oh, I've got to try and wrangle this mess into something cohesive now. So until next week, folks, read loads of comics, make loads of comics, and as always, what should they do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Comic cows. Uh, Comic cows. <laughs> Let's. I'm just fucking calling time. Time yeah. of death now. Bye everyone. I shall continue my, my dramatic reading of uh, Rooster Fighter, page two. <laughs> <laughs>